guys. Welcome to episode 231 of the Fake Nerd Podcast. We're talking about Raya and the Last Dragon. Also talking about the Young Avengers. Talking about a whole bunch of young folks. And who better talk about young folks than a bunch of 30-year-old white dudes? My name's Ryan Eliopoulos. I'm joined by Sparks Witty. Hey. Joined by Ben Magnet. The Stellar Bitch, as always. Can't talk right now. Playing Super Mario Bros. Yep. Done that bit seven times. Brandon T. McClure. Every time he gets a new game console. Every time. Wait for that PS5. I'll just put it up on the screen. I would do it if I had it as well. Hey guys, welcome back to another Pandemic Sunday uh, uh, fun cast with the Pandemic the Sunday. Pandemic. That's He's my, not wrong. That's my, not pop, wrong. my pop, uh, pop punk band. Uh, <laughs> before we get into our weekly shenanigans, Brandon, do you have any any links in the description? Yes, I do. Um, yeah, Ryan, you have two links in the description. Hot dog, do I? You what? have. You have Just Annoyed, where you guest starred um, Just Annoyed to talk about Freddy's, uh, yeah, Freddy's New Nightmare. Wes Craven's New Nightmare. Wes Craven's New Nightmare, right. That premiered this week. That's right. You're right. Um, yeah. That's up there. That's fantastic. That was a lot of fun. I spent half an hour talking about uh, probably my first or second favorite Freddy movie. That was a real good one. And uh, you also have Downright Annoyed. Heck yeah, we did that earlier today, talking about uh, District B-13, which is a super fun uh, French action movie produced by Luc Besson. Sorry, I did that French accent. I'm sorry. Luc Besson. How dare you? You have insulted all of France with that accent. Come at me, French audience. Sorry. And before I go any further, Ben, please look at the ticker. I hate you. Thank you. That has been up there since we started the show. Back. Anyway. I really hope that you guys do that. I really do. Oh, I don't it's gone. It's gone. I, 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 know it's right. I know it's there for you to constantly just hit the buttons like Ben doesn't. Anyway, there is also a, a okay. There's also a fake nerd book club audio, um, where we talked about the Pride season oh. one. Oh. Catching up, catching up on those book clubs. Catching yeah. Up. Um, so check out that if for the audio listeners, obviously, who are who are not interested in watching the videos. But there is also a video for you video watchers. Fake Nerds Watch WandaVision episode eight went up this week. Um, I'm sure you guys have already seen it at this point, but it's in the link below, and episode nine will be up this coming week. We just recorded that earlier today. Whoop whoop. Spoilers. Whoop. Things happen. Things did happen. That that is true. It's true. Uh, then stuff happened. And before we get any further into our weeks, I want to talk, I want to say one thing. I have a date to the prom. Sorry. I what have a date. I was actually going to be really, I was like, you're going to a prom? What? For conversation. Oh. I have recorded uh, more than 10 episodes now. Uh, I'm going to start releasing them weekly. The first two episodes will be released on this month on the 25th. Ooh, we're doing a two for one. Nice. So, Stay tuned for that. I'll I'll like announce it when it's ready when it's going up. But yeah, I'm really excited for you guys to see that one. Record some really cool interviews. Sparks was my most recent interview. Oh wow, that's true. And I'm recording more this week. It's it's going very well. I'm really excited for you guys to hear it. Oh, I'm actually I'm really excited to listen to it because you I the little you've been telling me about uh, some of the conversations that you've had for the show. Yeah. Well. I'm really looking forward to listening to them. I'm excited. Also, I can't wait for you and I to have one of those. Yes. Yeah. We'll, we'll figure out when we can do that. And Ryan, of course, you're invited as well to do one. Um, okay. But that's it. That's all the that's all the stuffs and the descriptions and things. So who wants to go for first with their week? It's me. 
Okay, right. All, all I did was play Hitman 3 and, and, and watch Critical Role. I watched the movie with him, but I'll let him talk about it. Uh, I'll talk a little bit about Hitman 3 just because that's all I did. Uh, hey, guys, that game's real fun. Still a beautiful uh, sandbox mission-based game. Uh, I did that Knives Out level, finally. That, that's mm. fantastic. Um, now again, that's the type of game where you pick a mission, and there are a hundred different ways to do it. Uh, the main way they want you to do this mission is um, there's a murder in this family, and then you're sent in as a private investigator, or the person is sent in as a private investigator to solve who did it. And uh, there's a bunch of family members that are all crazy. And what's fun about this level is like every single NPC has like their own like soap opera dramatic story going on. So you'll walk by the kitchen, and they're like, oh, "Josh won't call me back," and it's like just really silly. Like you walk into this stupid thing and then you meet this investigator who's just like totally not daniel craig being super silly <laughs> it's not him like it doesn't look like him but he's just being like oh i'm sassy and like just really silly so you uh -huh. knock that guy out and then you become him and then you have to interview all the different family members and try to figure out who the murderer is because uh, it doesn't tell you uh because if you do that then you get to go to the person who you're actually supposed to kill as agent 47 because it's hard to, to get to her right uh a lot of fun had a lot of fun doing that uh, i played that mission a couple times just to see the different variations um mm -hmm. yeah loving that game can't wait to go back uh do that more uh the next mission i played as it's a it's an underground german rave and there's a bunch of evil hitmen coming to kill you. So it's basically the game's reversed, and now you're being hunted. And it was so spooky to have just like this random hitman come up to you. It was like you do to other people. Uh, great game design. It hasn't happened in this franchise before, at least in this trilogy. Um, just good stuff. Really enjoying that. Uh, I'm almost done with Critical Role, so I won't be talking about that anymore. Um, one right. thing I want to talk about. Question. In Critical Role, are you on the Vox Machina storyline, or are you on the second half? No, I'm on Mighty Nine. I'm I started You're from Mighty Nine. Nine. Okay, yeah, I barely started Mighty Nine. I I fell off of it not because it was bad, but just yeah. because work kind of put the hammer down on wearing headphones. So I haven't. I'm super far behind on Mighty Nine stuff, but I'm glad I hear really good things about Mighty Nine. Uh, as someone who's 125 episodes in or like 500 hours in, yeah. uh, I'm I'm kind of like it. I think it's pretty good. Um, uh, there's only like two episodes left before I'm fully caught up, and that's great. I just oh. want to talk about one thing I love about that show. Uh, character development. Obviously, it's a thing that everyone loves in stories, but what's great about uh, Critical Role is there's not just like character development, but there's also like person development. And one of the people on there, Travis Fillingham, he's famous for not liking uh, a romance role playing. You know, D&D is about like playing this mm -hmm. other character. He's not a fan of romance. just because he thinks it's kind of silly, and he's not someone who wants to do it. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not going to tell you who and what happens in case people aren't caught up, but he finally gets involved with some romance and like, it's such a good episode. And it's so fun. And like the entire, like when all the, when all the actors are involved and wrapped up on it, they're just like watching, like loving what he's doing. And after he like kissed one of the characters on the show, he like put his hands in his palms and everyone's just like, yeah, you kissed someone. Yeah. And it's just like, it's like, it's like, Matt Mercer is like, this isn't just NPC development. It's real development. And it's just something that comes with time. And, uh, good girls. Great. Love that show. Back to you, Johnny. Cool. Transfer the power to me. I can go next. Ooh. I'm glad this, oh. that bit has stuck. It's a good yeah. Bit. yeah, yeah. Um, I did. I also didn't do a whole lot this week. Uh, but besides that, hey guys, check out this awesome shirt I'm wearing. How cool is it? Is that is that our new shirt in the in the in the store that we have? It that is is for, those, for those audio listeners, he's wearing oh, our new basement arcade T-shirt designed by our very own Sparks Woody. Yeah, this, this awesome dude designed it, and he also gave me flat because I bought the charcoal version of it and not the purple version. Because <laughs> on too public, you can change the color of the base shirt you want. Yeah, and I went, I went with the dark charcoal one. But uh, I did see his point because on the website it looked a little different. Like, oh yeah, you can still see the house, 
but the house in, the, in certain lighting, you can't see the house very well. Hey, man, it's your money. You buy yeah, what color you want, charcoal, baby. I, I, texted I, him, like I texted him. I was like, hey, there's a sale on a tea public. You should probably yeah. jump on the shirt if you want yeah, to. He, right totally, now. he totally did. It's, uh, it, so. it's purely taste preference in designing the logo that, like, I told Brandon when, when he posted, I'm like, I prefer that the logo be shown over purple because it doesn't look much better over any other color. So, yeah. like, when he was sharing the image of it and everything, because of all the colors used in it, it's like, it really only looks good on purple. Because uh, I tried a lot of other backgrounds, and no good. Yeah, good. Still looks but, good. Uh, well, I, I, spoiler alert: this isn't the only shirt I plan on buying. Oh, just, hot dog! Yeah, I just say. So, besides getting this super rad shirt, um, yeah, you noticed it earlier. I finally caved and accepted my nostalgia's bitch uh, moniker. Audio listeners, I got myself the Super Mario Brothers 35th Anniversary Game and Watch Edition today. And I know you guys don't care, but I think this is really neat. So, uh, audio listeners, I will describe this as best I can. But uh, video watchers, so you see the box, how it has like the Super Mario Bros. logo and everything? Well, you take the thing off, and it's the original uh, ball game, which was the very first game and watch that was that Nintendo ever put out way back in the early 1980s. So I just thought that was a little neat. And also, when you open up the cover, that's uh, when you open up to take the system out, there's this cute little... Uh, this cute little message that says special thanks to you with a little LCD Mario and Luigi saying thank you for buying this product. That is cute. Yeah. You're welcome. So, yeah, you're okay. welcome, Nintendo, for getting my money. And the as for the system itself, I haven't really put a whole lot of time into it. I played it a little bit. And I mean it's small, it's tiny, but good God, that screen is gorgeous. It is yeah. a beautiful LCD screen. It is stunning. I mean, yes, it's an 8-bit video game, it's really, really tiny. But just the fact that it's that bright and you can adjust the brightness and the sound, it's just gorgeous. It's a really neat little device. I'm really glad I got it, <laughs> to be perfectly honest with you. Glad for you. And now that is the seventh incarnation of Super of the original Super Mario Bros. that I can play in my house at any given moment. Yeah, no, you definitely earned your title. That's 100% sure. Yeah, so uh, so audio listeners, Sparks just dropped his head like, oh, God, he is. I mean, you, you didn't have to count him, but you did. <laughs> no, no. So uh, quick backstory. Go tell us the story of how he of how he counted them. No, no. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> then, <laughs> some stories don't need telling. That's no. <laughs> funny as hell, though. You know what? No, I'm not going to wow. tell so, as as a person who does have things, maybe not in the multiples of seven, but has things that I own more than once when I love them, I understand. Yeah. And also, I've like I bought Skyrim like five times. Like yeah. And also, to me, this and also you guys know me. I'm a I'm a amateur video game historian. This is a piece of history right here because that is the first de- video game device Nintendo put out. That was um, besides the arcade machines. This was the first style of Nintendo handhelds that was ever released. So, because when they first came out, they were little Game and Watches. They were little LCD screens like the Tiger Games, but they were far more popular in Japan than they ever were in America. Wouldn't I mean, it? Te- wouldn't it technically be more like a tribute to video game history than video game history itself? You, yeah, you're right. It is a tribute because you know Mario's 35th anniversary, and yeah, so it, it, more of a, it is more of a tribute, but. It's in the same color scheme as the original ball um, Game & Watch, which was the very first one that they made. It's also in the original family. I know you 
uh, um, audio listeners can't see it, but it's in the original colors of the Famicom, the first the Nintendo home console system that came out in Japan. It's it just it's neat, and also it comes with uh, Super Mario Bros. Two: The Lost Levels, which was the original Super Mario Bros. that released in Japan, but never came to America because they thought Americans were gonna claim it was way too hard. So they repackaged. So our the United States version of Super Mario Bros. Two was a repackaged game called Doki Doki Panic. Right, because we're whiny, whiny babies. Which yeah. is what Doki Doki Panic means. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I got that. And other Mario news, um, mm-hmm. I've been playing a little bit of uh, Super Mario 3D World with Fanny. We got my roommate Kai in on it, so we were playing three players on that before we started recording tonight. It is fun. It's awesome. I absolutely love Super Mario 3D World. I'm bummed that I never had a Wii U because that game was amazing on the Wii U, and I still think it's amazing now. It is super fun and very entertaining. Definitely recommend Definitely recommend that game. Um, I haven't written any articles for Old School Gamer this week because I told myself I was going to work on another one that I want to submit to them, but that never happened because other stuff kept coming up, and I was like, damn. You know, you don't and need to tell us the things you didn't do. Other, other stuff like... Fortnite, Ben? Uh, yeah, it was stuff like Fortnite. <laughs> yeah. Well, because because Sparks wanted was like, hey, let's get some Fortnite in. I was like, oh, I really got, nah, nah, we haven't played a lot. I want to play with Sparks. I really want to play. Whoa, with whoa, whoa, whoa! I didn't make you do that. Stop. No. You no. text. You texted me after we finished recording last week, and you were like, hey, man, I'd really like to get in some Fortnite time with you this week. You got any like, of that uh, Fortnite? Yeah, all right. And he's like, <laughs> and you were like, when when you going to be willing to stay up real late? And I'm like, okay, dokie, I'll find the night. Dokie, dokie, Fortnite. And you found the night. I'm like, all right. I told, Because I, I told you I was gonna, I was planning to do that, but then I was like, no, I want to play with you because so, I knew you weren't going to be up. So we went ahead and did that. I, I just bought some Fortnite characters, so I got I got to play it sometime this week to earn earn that. Hell yeah! Also, the, we're, we're we're only a little over a week, barely over a week from the end of the season. Cool. Yeah, I just so. unlocked the anime girl. I just unlocked Alexa, so I'm at I'm, level I'm at level seventy three. I have twenty five levels left to get to the level one hundred to get the full best car. I'm not. I'm. See, I'm cool with my Mandalorian having like half best car. It adds more like personality. Like, I hope I didn't finish my mission. I'm too cool. Yeah, I just want Grogu, so I'm in the last seven Y'all, you're right. To get Grogu. Grogu's dope. Oh, you are. You are. Uh, although, although that match uh, Sparks and I played, we did win one. That's true. We had this shootout on a bridge where people just kept coming at us from one side of the bridge and another side of the bridge, and we were in the center. Back to back. And uh, the it went great because the first guy saw us coming as we were moving down the bridge, and then I ducked around a car, and he, I think he only saw one of us. So he assumed Ben was the person he saw. And so he just marched on Ben ready to kill him. And mm-hmm. I popped up on the other side of the car and we just eviscerated him. And then we eviscerated all his friends. <laughs> <laughs> also, Sparks, you're leaving out one crucial part. You pretty much carried me because I, like an idiot, brazenly ran into a firefight and got my ass handed to me. I, You were smart and took cover. You revived me, and then after we were after you were done reviving me, we went back up, and then that last guy came up, and I think you were the one who got the kill shot. Yeah, that was uh, that was a good match. That was that was, and also the speaking of Fortnite, they freaking got me. They got they had a sea shanty emote that's based off the Weatherman, the Weatherman it's, by the Long John. It's 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 cute on its own. It's great 
because it's one of those where it amplifies and gets more voices With more people, when yeah. you have more people who have the emotes so they all just join in and Harmony. there's more voices in the song and yeah, yeah. that's really cool yeah so i saw that i'm like oh oh no had yeah. ben's name on it that's pretty good yeah but that that's that's my week not a whole lot uh some video games a lot video game stuff and yeah that's my week shall i pass the power to sparks I don't know. I think Brandon can go second to last this week. Hot dogs. You've 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 noticed my pattern. Damn you. Sunk in my battleship. <laughs> okay, can um, someone put right. my hand, please? As I'm, this is very awkward. There you go. All right. Okay, I ended up reading a lot of comic books Woo. this week. Um, I'm I'm not caught up on everything, but I'm caught up on most things now, which is really great. Uh, I'm not going to talk about all of them because I read, like I said, a, a lot. I'm not going to talk about Guardians or. Mortal Hulk Flatline, which were good, but I want to talk about some of the new number ones that I picked up. I picked up the new Keanu Reeves book by, by Matt Kent, Berserker. Mm-hmm. May I have a quick anecdote? Sure. Something really weird happened to me on my Instagram. Okay. The CEO of Boom Studios followed me on Instagram. Ben, have, you seen, have you seen how many people that they follow? Yeah, I know, but still, it's one of those, it's kind of like when John Cena follows you, followed you, Ryan, on Twitter. I it's know. It's not, I don't think that's a thing. A, a tiny amount of insider baseball. I might know why. So a friend of mine works on a podcast called the Fake Nerd Girl Podcast. Oh. She just got hired at Boom Studios. Wow. Oh. Yes. Uh, so got an there might be a little bit of overlap accidentally there. Uh, so he probably saw, okay. Yeah. Okay. Because I was, I, I saw the notification. I'm like, what did I do? What? <laughs> right. Um, and real quickly, no offense to the CEO of Boom Studios, he and John Cena are not on the same celebrity level. Um, but anyway, Listen, John won't re- respond to my my DMs. I mean, like maybe you'll get a response. Like John hit me up. I have I haven't tried. So I, I just I just saw that that this he the CEO of Boom Studios follows you. I'm like, don't know what I did to deserve that, but cool. Thanks. Follow back. Um, I should also mention that I got my swag from the from the Kaiju Ramen Kickstarter. I had applied nice. to that. Nice. Got a physical magazine, a T-shirt, and some art stuff. It's cool. Yay! I mm-hmm. I also got a little nice thank you gift for subscribing, which was cool. Hell yeah! Nice. Um, they're only printing the first issue, and the rest will be digital. Yep. So. All right. I'm gonna tell real quick because it's cute. Um, what's going on? So our cat Astra has mm-hmm. developed a game for herself. She takes this little marshmallow faced cat toy she takes it to the top of the stairs and she places it on the little banister that's on the right side mm-hmm. and she lets it roll down so she can chase it and she <laughs> down and gets it and she takes it back up and so that's just happening right She's now playing fetch with herself that's so cute yeah, yeah. no you can get the ball <laughs> okay um so i read i read berserker the first issue of that finally came out that's the keanu reeves matt kent book um a lot of fun i was actually really pleasantly surprised by that one Cool. Good. You're good. I wanted to read it. Yeah, it's 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 not gonna break the mold, but it's just a good time. And I appreciated that. It's definitely one of those things where like I saw it this week at the comic shop and I'm like, I just have too many other things I, I know I want to make sure I'm supporting. And the Keanu Reeves book can wait till it's in trade for me if I really yeah. want to. Yeah. Um I also read a lot of Young Avengers. Uh, because I did not just read our book club this week. I read the Alan Heinberg run, the entire thing. Nice. That's a great run. Yeah, that that was fantastic. 
uh, that was my first exposure to the Young Avengers. I picked up, I was trying to do, this was back in like 2000, I want to say 12, uh, that I was trying to do like based off a reading order for Marvel Civil War to read a certain amount of things yeah. around that period of time. And Alan Heinberg's Young Avengers were pretty early into the story because their their books were recommended. <laughs> <laughs> their books were recommended coming off the heels of uh, the House of M event. Yep. Yes. And so I I picked them up and I'm like, oh, this is really good stuff. And I just I didn't know any of those characters. It's a really easy dive in mm-hmm. Alan Heinberg's. You yeah. don't need to know those characters before that book, and that that is a solid run. Well, it's really also, like it. it helps that, like, that was, like, the first time that they were all brought together. Like, yes. that's, like, the first Young Avengers book. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They, a couple of, um, a lot of, actually, a lot of those characters, that's their first appearance to that first issue. So we'd never seen them before Before then. Um, I was actually, having read Children's Crusade prior, which is the sequel to it, I yeah. didn't realize that Speed is actually not on that team until the last two issues. And that was really surprising. Yeah. Um, I forget. I haven't read, I haven't read it in, in a while. It's good. It's good stuff. I'm glad you read it. Yeah, I, I wanted to read it because in X Factor, Speed goes to visit his boyfriend for a quick. For a yeah, quick... <laughs> that was. Both, I was like, both of them. That's awesome. Wait. So I went to. So I, I went back and read the Young Avengers. But yeah, fantastic run. Um, I I knew Joseph's Crusade was really good. I really liked the character work. Um, getting to know Wiccan and Speed in their in their original forms on that comic, awesome. Highly recommend. It's available as one trade. You can buy the complete collection. That's just twelve issues and a special. I really appreciated how much Jessica Jones was in that book because I love Jessica Jones. Mm, she yeah, plays a heavy that. role. Yeah, super good. Yeah, I loved it. I loved it. Um, I'm glad. Also, it also helped reading that prior to reading this this run. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, then I read a book called Stray Dogs. There's a new issue one book called Stray Dogs, which is self described as Secret Life of Pets meets Seven. Okay. Um, it is about uh, not talking animals, but like they can talk to each other and, and it's through the, from the animal's perspective. And okay. it's about, it's about dogs trying to figure out if their master had murdered, had murdered all their prior masters. Cause they're all fostered dogs. All right. Oh, wow. Do you have the, who the writer is by any chance? I don't offhand. I was going to bring the book over here, but I forgot. So, uh, remind me what it's called again. Straight, Straight dogs. Straight dogs. Straight dogs. Um, yeah, it's really good. It's a five issue miniseries, so it's kind of easy to get in. I might trade weight for the rest because it's not on my poll. I just picked it up on a, on the lark. Yeah, um, I, I understand that. Oh, really this like is the book that had the Silence of the Lambs inspired cover. Oh, I did see that. Yeah, I remember this. Yes. Okay, got it. It's <laughs> that Lady and the Tramp meets Silence of the Lambs. That's what this said. Is oh, jeez. Okay. Yeah, it's good. Cool. Good to know. I'm going to talk about the best two last. So one more. Of the, of the not best two was Infinite Frontier. I read Infinite Frontier Zero, which is the new lead-in to the new DC events, Infinite Frontier. That's a very good book that's very disappointing. Oh. If that makes any sense. The writing is good. All the sections kind of as, a, as pieces and as a whole are fun to read and good, and it's good character work from the DC universe for the most part. But... All the best stories don't have books announced. Mm. To, to, to the so the problem we had with Future State then as well. Yeah. Basically. Got it. Yeah. So there's one specifically. There's two specifically that I liked a lot. And it's te- one teases a Batgirls book where Barbara Gordon is now Oracle again. And Cassie and Steph are helping her out as both Batgirls. 
That sounds excellent. I want to read the shit out of that. No solicitations yeah. for that. Damn. I mean, I don't need more Batman universe books, but that does sound good. Yeah. Yeah. I've wanted that since the new 52. Um, and then there's another, there's a, there's a book, there's a couple pages where um, they retcon earth Two, earth one, Alan Scott to be gay, like his earth two counterpart. Mm-hmm. Um, and they do it in a way that I found really respectful and, uh, and most importantly, didn't erase his children, Obsidian and Jade. Mm. Oh, that's good. Because Obsidian is also a gay character. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was great. And that's getting an event miniseries that was just announced a couple days ago. So that's been kind of rectified. But I'm like, where's my JSA book, guys? You've been teasing this for years. I'm sure they have some big plan. It's just not, so. just not ready yet. I'm sure there will be a JSA book right around the time Black Adam will come out. Oh, like in a year? Yeah. Yeah, even less. yeah, yeah. yeah. But we've at this point, it's it's so frustrating for me as a JSA fan because we've had three instances in the last year and a half that the JSA have been have returned, and then they go away until the next time they return, and then they go away for the next time they return. They, there was some Doomsday Clock stuff, right? Wasn't like, yeah, yeah, yeah. dang, yeah. And Justice League did it too. Yeah. I just want my JSA back, guys. Yeah, I get it. Um, ultimately, though, it the books that are announced got good teams, and the teases are really engaging and interesting. There's a great Scarecrow image from Jimenez. That's, oh my god. I Oh my god, you guys. That's so good. Yeah, I see it. Um, I love it when they make Scarecrow scary. Um, because most of the time he's a joke, and I hate that. I mean, I, that's what I, uh, I'm critical on the game, but Arkham Knight, that Scarecrow is awesome. Yeah. Super I mean, does, I thought Scarecrow was scary in Arkham in Arkham Asylum, especially since his hand was like had hypodermic needles on it. Yeah. But dude, Arkham Knight Scarecrow was freaking terrifying, man. That was the first time in like 10 years that they tried to make Scarecrow scary, and that was that was so cool for me. I mean, um, like the, scene, the few scenes of Scarecrow that we got in Batman Begins were pretty cool, but they weren't like that's scary. When you see Arkham Knight Scarecrow, you're like, that's more that? that's more like 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 the fear stuff working than him himself being scary. Yeah, true. See, yeah. That's what I want. I want to see more of Scarecrow being uh, like ripped straight from a horror movie. That's what yeah. I want to see Scarecrow as. You kind of want to see him like be the Scarecrow that you would see at like Halloween Horror Nights or something, where he's actually supposed to be freaking terrifying and yeah, scary. Yeah, honestly. Um, so I really liked what they did with with that character. So ultimately, it's a solid it's a solid read. Joshua Williamson is really good. Um, they also introduce they also reintroduced the Justice Incarnate from Multiversity, mm. um, which is one of my favorite Justice Leagues that they do nothing with. So I'm kind of hoping like, can we get something with these guys too? That's the one with Captain Carrot, right? Captain Carrot, President Superman, Aquaman, yeah. I love the Justice Incarnate. They're the they're the keepers of the multiverse. Still can't believe it. All right. Who's that Batman? He's ro- Robot Batman. What's up with that? Oh yeah, Steampunk Batman. No, um, Adam Strange Batman. I forgot what he's called. I don't. I'm. I mean, I'm unfamiliar with this. I don't. I think. Have you read him? Have you read multi, multi, Multiversity? I did read Multiversity, but it's also like a lot of Multiversity. So. Yeah, but they're they're the framing device. Got it. Man, it's the been so last issue. Oh, okay. I definitely remember. Okay. I'll do more research later. Yeah, I love the Justice Incarnate. They're such cool characters, and I've always wanted DC to do something with, but they always show up when like the big multiverse event is happening. And I'm like, mm-hmm. no, come on, give me an ongoing. I want I want a Justice League team that traverses the multiverse so bad. Give me more. All right. That would be very cool. Well, the two best books I read were Demon Days X-Men from Marvel by Peach Momoko. Ah, uh, X 
excellent. I, I want it. it. I forgot that came out. I got to go to the store. Oh, God. Yeah, Peach Momoko is such a beautiful artist. Um, this reimagines not just the X-Men, but the Marvel Universe in feudal Japan. And I'm not talking like one-to-one -one like they did in 1602. It's like they've completely reimagined them from the ground up as in, as having lived in feudal Japan. So like is the Hulk is a, is a god. Is this a miniseries? So it's a one-shot. Oh. Damn it. So it's one issue, and that bummed me out until the very last page says... Demon Days Black Widow coming in June. I'm like, yes, more of this. Give me more of this. So it's called That's Demon dope. Days. It's called Demon Days X-Men. Yes. That's dope. That's dope. I'm into it. I kind of want it like really bad now. Honestly, right up your alley. It's it's um a version of um Olivia Munn from Apocalypse. Psylocke. Psylocke. Um it's a version of Psylocke um fighting a version of Venom. Um, yeah. But it's all imagined as like demons and wizardry and, and Logan is an actual Wolverine. Nice. Yeah, there were plenty at our comic store, guys, so you'll be able to grab it. It should just be in my pool list because I said, give me every X-Men book ever. I, they probably didn't put it in yours because I have the same stipulation. Uh... They didn't give it to me, but I picked it up anyway. Beautiful. The, again, they had plenty. Cool. It's good. Highly recommend. Right on. Um, did I put X-Corp in my pool? I did. Okay. Um, and then I read Radiant Black by Kyle Higgins. Oh, that came out? Oh, my God. Yeah. A couple weeks ago, I was a little behind, and I read that. Uh, excellent. Excellent mm -hmm. book. Art's oh, gorgeous. You tweeted something about that this week, didn't you? I did. I did. Because there's a line in that that's like, it's talking to me in a bad way. <laughs> it's a very relatable book. What it is, it's about a writer who, who failed in L.A. and moved in with his parents, and he's 30. And I'm like, are you kidding me right now? Yeah, you got, you're not living with your parents, though, so you're just all right. I know, but like it's very, it's meant to, it's Kyle Higgins kind of pouring out like his own emotional insecurities into this character, which also has Power Ranger action. Yeah. Yeah. Cause oh. he responded to what you said and he said, write what you know. Yeah. <laughs> because like that, there's a line specifically that I tweeted and I won't, so I won't read it out. Um, that really just like got me. Like it really, like it really spoke to me in, in, in a way where it's like I, I relate to this character. Very relatable book. Awesome. Highly recommend. Okay, that's all the cool stuff. No, it's not. Pacific Rim, The Black. Oh? I watched the whole thing. Only seven episodes, 30 minutes long. Um, this is the new Polygon uh, original series on Netflix that is set after Pacific Rim Uprising. I finally figured that out. Mm. Um, awesome. Really good. Um, the animation is a step up from what Polygon did with the Godzilla Earth trilogy, um, which is... Really great. The colors really pop. Still having trouble with character stuff, but the writing is there. Like, if you guys can get past it, I recommend it. Mm -hmm. uh, past the character animation, because mm -hmm. it is a. Um, I forgot I wrote this out. That I was going to talk. I read it out to you specifically, um, but basically, one of the things I really liked about it was that it felt like a more true follow-up to Pacific Rim of that it kind of like of equal passion and um, story beats. And it's a more intimate story than both Pacific Rim and Pacific Rim Uprising, but it's also a more brutal story. The first episode alone is wild, wildly brutal. Um, as someone who found Uprising lacking, uh, this was kind of one of, the, this was like coming back to the franchise and being like, okay, uh, there's still a lot of stuff that I think would be really cool for this franchise. Um, I really liked it. I awesome. really liked it. That's good. I'm sure I'll 
check it out eventually. I, I, I would love to check it out because I can't. I did have kind of wrote off Pacific Rim, uh, um, the the black, right? The black. Yeah, I kind of wrote it off as like, oh, this is probably gonna suck just like Godzilla did because of look how bad that animation is. But just hearing how, because I have seen your tweets about about this show, and I'm like, oh damn, this, I could, I could, I need to get to get on this because I love the first Pacific Rim movie. My my biggest problems with the Godzilla Earth trilogy is how boring it looks. As far as the animation, like I can get past the janky weird frame rate for the character animation, but it's really it's a really boringly designed uh, series. Pacific Rim Uprising, uh, Pacific Rim the Black is not. It's very vibrant and colorful and and exciting. Um, they they introduce a really cool concept uh, building off of the drone kaiju from the from the second film. Mm-hmm. That was really cool. Um, they do something really cool with the drift that I didn't, that I, that I thought was a really cool, um, really interesting development. Highly recommend, honestly, if you can get past the animation, I think you guys would really like it. All right. Tell me. Um, I also started rewatching community on season three. It's excellent. I love that show. Right on. It's 17th time going through it. Um, I watched Tom and Jerry, Tim stories, Tom and Jerry, which is, I didn't even know it came out until you talked about it. It's the it's definitely the worst movie in a decade. Oh God! Oh boy! <laughs> That's totally an over exaggeration. But it's bad. Yeah, yeah. It's very bad. That's. Um, I have. I mean, Tim Story has he made a good movie? Yeah, I mean, people like Barbershop, and then right. and then uh, I don't know, <laughs> Fantastic Four and something else. I don't know. Shaft was awful. I think for the yeah. time that the superhero movies were in, the Fantastic Four movies are good. If like, anything, they've gotten they've only better in time. Yeah. Um, at least that second one. That second so, one's probably fine. I, I I will always praise, like, I think everything around Michael Chiklis's performance mm-hmm. as the thing was really great, especially for the time. Same with Human Torch. Yeah. 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 I just think they did, love, like, they nailed all the character emotional stuff that they went for with Michael Chiklis's thing. Mm-hmm. Uh especially like god i haven't seen that movie in a long time but the the whole scene he has where it's kind of him and doom having the moment in his building where they're the two people who got the worst of it mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Doom trying to relate to him on that before Word. before he's like yeah but you're bad yeah but you're a bad guy <laughs> I'm punch um you. for a movie called tom and jerry you'd also think that there would be more tom and jerry in it oh yeah so there's no yeah. in it as a fan of Tom and Jerry, it's a real bummer that that's not good, but it, it just didn't look good. So You know what? You know what, Sparks? It being not good is a compliment. It's not not good. It's awful. It's horrendously bad. Yeah. How much is Glory, Chloe Grace Moretz in it? Most of it. She's in like 80% of the movie, maybe more. She needs a new house. What are you going to do? Um... Yeah, Michael Payne is in it too. The guy, the uh, mustache dude from uh, Deadpool Two, Bob, Paul, Bob. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, yeah. Uh, is yeah. The powers of Paul. Yeah. Yeah, he's in it. Got yeah, it. the okay. one who doesn't have any powers, right? The one who yeah. is. Oh, is it Paul? I don't uh, remember. Whatever. Shit. That's gonna bug me now. And I watched Justice League, the Joss Whedon version of it, the theatrical version. So I oh. wanted to see it. I've heard of that movie. Um, and because actually Zara had a good time with it, I think also I had a really good time with it. Oh, did you now? I did. I actually, here's the thing. I'm not defending that movie. Anyway, I stand by my ranking of that film. 
which was a four, I think. No, because that's the thing. Because like I was, I remember liking that movie, and I still think that movie is pretty okay. Um, but I had a fun time. It was, you know, it just kind of like blew over me as like a, just a a breezy, lighthearted, uh, a fun uh, superhero film. Yeah, I think I think the thing is that like it it reaches a high mark because while it's it's not a great film or it's you know not really something to write home about of the justice league films it doesn't leave you with the kind of upset anger that some of the other Zack snyder dc films have done so you're just kind of like yeah all right i'll take a i'll take a generic superhero movie over the last three movies we got right yeah yeah um yeah it's good time it was just a good time yeah um honestly and like the when the when the batmobile jumps out of the plane at the end in the third act and like um the, the Tim Burton Batman theme starts playing. Uh, I got really excited. I was like, oh yeah, Batman stuff. Hey guys, I will, I will, I will defend to the death that like, I understand why people are bothered by the CGI of Henry Cavill. I totally get it. And I totally get that this is the part of the movie where it's at its worst. But the fact that they opened that movie with kids interviewing Superman and asking him what he likes about Earth was pure genius and cut from that to the newspapers of Superman said, I'm like, I now believe that he was important. That's all <laughs> you had to do. I believe that people liked him, that he was a beacon. It beautiful. I agree. Uh, but one of the things, one of the things that it really wanted me, really wanted me to do watching this. Um, I really want to rewatch Aquaman. I'm Hell gonna yeah. Yeah. We 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 felt the same. I think we were watching. It, we were like, damn, Aquaman's a good yeah. Because Aquaman, Aquaman kind of sucks in in, in Justice. Oh League. my god! And just like where they go in the in underwater is so boring. Even like yeah. I'm, it's gonna be boring in the Snyder cut too. But like in the Joss Whedon cut, it's it's still just like dull as dirt. And I'm like, man, underwater looks so dope in the Aquaman film. Oh yeah, <laughs> dude. When I was watching this for when I watched it last week for uh, Bored and Annoyed, I was thinking was like. But they can talk underwater. Why do this? You know what? Never mind. That was good after this. The funniest thing. The funniest thing about the the air bubble that Mara creates around them to talk is that James Wan was asked about that for two years prior to Aquaman coming out, and every yeah. time he had to be like, "Oh, we figured it out. We figured out how they're going to talk underwater. We figured it out. Don't worry." And then finally, he just got so fed up. He was like, "They're just talking." Yeah, <laughs> they're just talking. Which they just talk underwater. I don't care anymore. Yeah. They're fish people. Like, don't. It's I a comic it. book movie. He's, Leave me alone. His name's I feel, I feel like James Wan was carrying around a, a few copies of, or a few issues of Aquaman. He's like, see, they're just talking underwater. There's no. no, no they're they're not, talking. Even. not even. No. Never once, never once watching Aquaman do I go, but how are they talking underwater? Never <laughs> once during any uh, movie dealing with people in the water in my entire life have I questioned, how are they talking? Because it's not real. Nope. And, and that's the thing. It's like, that's real. the thing about. Zack Snyder, he overthought, he overthought a lot of this. And like yeah. he had an interview, I think somewhere between the Snyder cut and the Whedon cut being being out. I don't remember what exactly, but around the time Aquaman was coming out. And he was and he said, like, oh yeah, I had this idea that like their lungs couldn't work underwater, so they had to talk through a different thing. It's like he's over like he overthought like the science of how they would talk underwater. It's like just let them talk. An dude. entire civilization that's been living underwater for thousands of years has because, to make air bubbles every time they want to talk. Are that's because he's me? that's because he still has this misguided conception that he's like, I gotta make it as real as possible. Realism is my thing. And I'm yeah. like, bro, it's Superman and Aquaman. There's no realism to that. You want to do realism? Go go to Marvel, honestly. Like, they're based on a more yeah. realistic idea of the concepts that DC goes, no, they're just aliens and gods. 
Um, and then finally, the final thing I want to talk about is that, and Sparks, you'll talk about it as well. Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. Uh, Sparks was kind enough to rent that movie for himself and allowed me to watch it off of it. Um, guys, if you like, if you like Paddington and Bill and Ted face the music as like happy movies, mm-hmm. watch Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. That's that's close for sure. There's there is just like a fuzzy warmness to it. It's also there is an extreme dumbness. Yes, and uh, and you got to be into that because like f- for me, one hundred percent work. Like I was I was I was busting up at some stuff, man. What's uh, the guy's name? Jamie Dornan. Yeah, I think so. Fifty yeah. Shades of Grey man. Yeah, he's yeah. excellent. He's excellent in that. Uh, there's there's one part. I don't think this is super spoilery, but there's one part where he's just like he's he's an assassin working for an evil lady man it's a whole thing so he's an assassin working for an evil lady who has a specific problem about this one part of the world okay and uh he's also in love with her and he gets off the phone with her and he's just so torn about it and the shot just holds on him on the bed for a while and then he bursts into a song oh just the improv music video that he starts to do down the beach all right and then and then randomly another beachgoer joins him in his music video moment this is a this is a movie that is about two middle-aged white women who've lost their job and are like acting like 80 year old grandmothers decide to go on vacation to Vista Del Mar. I have seen people on Twitter saying this movie is hilarious. So uh, I, I totally believe everything. I believe this is like hilarious. I think, yeah. I think you'd like it. And I'm probably, huh. because I really liked it. I'm probably going to end up get, buying it. So we'll watch it. Hell yeah. Um, Megan liked a lot of it, but not all of it worked for her. Some, some humor is just too dumb for her. Mm-hmm. Um, which is totally fine. Like we have different tastes, but the the dumb the dumb humor really really worked for me. The kind of th- this is also not a spoiler, but like the kind of gags where like you do one j- one bit of like a character interacting with a character, and so like one of the girls is interacting with a with someone, and they go through a whole montage of events as they're talking, and then she leaves, and the other one decides she wants to have that exact same conversation with him. So they literally shot for shot repeat the conversation. <laughs> But she's do the other character is doing it now, and they go through the exact same beats monotonously, okay. one after another, and it just becomes humorous because like all the extras are in the same exact place, <laughs> doing the exact same things, just all over again. Um, and it's that kind of it's that kind of dumb. Sounds humor. weird. I'm into it. I had a blast. It's it's super fun, and it's just it's just got the warm and fuzzies. Uh, it's Kristen Wiig, and I forget the name of the the other actress. It's Kristen Wiig. Okay. Yeah, um, but it, but it did is. Did we watch a trailer for this? No, we didn't. Um, okay. This uh, this kind of snuck up on me. It released on Prime Cinema, um, and you know it's like it's in theaters and it's the early preview, so you get to rent it for like the amount you would pay to go to the movies. And uh, and I kept hearing from like various sources like, oh, I'm having a great time with this. And I'm like, all right, I'm gonna check this out. And I didn't want to know too much, so mm. I didn't watch a trailer before it. And I'm I I don't know even know what the trailer's like, but I'm glad I didn't. Because I think it's better to just go in completely blind. Yeah, I have no idea. Uh, Annie, Annie Momolo uh, is the other lead actor. Um, they are both very, very funny. Uh, it feels like it, the, the exact humor, MacGruber. This is MacGruber. Oh, humor. I'm into it. Yeah. This is MacGruber dumb humor. Dumb, yeah, like that it. level. These feel like characters who would have existed on SNL. I'm frankly surprised they didn't. Cool. It feels like two characters who exist on SNL and just got their own adventure now. Beautiful. Um, and it's exactly in that reign, and it it works. There's a couple of other SNL alums that pop up 
Um, yeah, really, really funny. It's a good, just a good, dumb, fun time. I was in stitches when they were talking about Trish. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's that's a good bit. And I was like, she's Trish is going to show up. <laughs> and I was just waiting for who it was going to be. What celebrity is going to be Trish? Um, you guys will like it. I don't want to say too much more about it. You yeah. definitely should check it out sometime. Absolutely. Like I said, I'm going to buy it, so we'll watch it. Uh, maybe we'll do a movie thing together sometime. Um, yeah, uh, 100% good, dumb humor. You like MacGruber, you're, you're in good you're good hands to like Barb and Star. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Into it. Barb's yeah. on to you. Oh, yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, so Barb and Star was great. Uh, really enjoyed it. Um, let's see. Close out of that. I'm looking up, up Barb and Star. Yeah. Uh, I'm still watching Gilmore Girls, so that's going on in the background. Where you at? Um, I just started season six. Oh yeah. So I'm getting into I'm getting into a lull uh, right now, where I kind of only like one character, and I kind of resent everyone else. Which character? Luke. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and and I've hit a point where I'm I'm kind of upset with everybody at this point. Oh man. And the decisions they're making. Wow. There's definitely some writing stuff that's going on here because Amy Sherman Palladino, who had made the show, had left at this point. So she they're making seven. She leaves at seven. No, she left now. I I, I heard seven. No, she left now. That's what Megan told me anyway, oh. and it feels like it. Um. um. Because she she's not uh, she's still listed as, as executive producer at the end of six all the credits for six and then seven she's not so I, I think that's I think that's true but I think she stopped being in the in the writing room and the writing of any of this that could be uh, at this point the, 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 it certainly feels like characters are on a path that I'm not loving um, which is a whole thing also I'm aware. That's some stuff that's happening that's like the, the shit I care about in the show is going to be undone. And I'm like, well, that's just dumb uh, because it shouldn't be. Um, so, but I'm still watching it. Uh, Megan and I, huh? Gotta get to year in the life. Yeah, someday. Um, <laughs> Megan and I started uh, Close Enough Season 2 this week. That continues to be a great show. Um, we watched about six episodes of Close Enough Season 2. Uh, which is just a nice bite-sized thing to to spill out. Um, some some really solid solid episodes. Close enough is definitely in its like got its rhythm at this point. Um, Doctor Stone uh, for Anime Night. I picked up Doctor Stone season two with our group. Uh, Doctor Stone is still great. I've talked to you guys about the concept. That concept is still awesome. That show is still super good. Uh, can't complain about that at all. I'm catching up on black lightning because it's in its last season i really want to be watching it and i fell behind and i want to catch up so i'm i'm re-watching uh i started back at the beginning of season two because i dropped off somewhere in season two um so i just started season two over and i'm moving forward with it um which honestly re-watching just the first episode of season two i went this just like like the having recently watched several other CW shows like legends, Supergirl, the flash and Batwoman, uh, they're just made differently. Like literally the cinematography, the way they do fight same, scenes, same as Superman, and the Lois, way, apparently. the way they do the music behind moments is just, it's, it's different. It just doesn't like all of those other shows feel like they're more or less done by the same people, even though they're not, they're kind of in this vein where it's like, it's the same style of things. Yeah. 
and and Black Lightning is not. Uh, it's just not. They, there is so much more thought and work put into it. Feels like the way they're going to film something. Maybe that's why the it's canceled. colors, the lighting, the who knows. But um, uh, too expensive. Just watching that that first episode of season two again, I I was like, I could write a whole analysis about why Black Lightning is a is just a show that punches harder than the other CW shows based off this single episode. It's all here. The the bit character who's like your if you had a freak of the week term for it, the freak of the week for that episode freak of the week. has more going for them than any other standard network show would. Um, this is one where some very minor spoilers because he, he is like the character of the week, but he, he was killed by the police, but he also has the mutant gene in him. So he ends up resurrecting. And when he resurrects in front of his mother, his mutant gene makes people tell an aggressive truth. And so his mom tells him, as she was complaining to them about not letting her bury her son, he then resurrects out of the body bag that they were carrying him away from in. And then she tells him, I was glad you were dead oh. because I didn't have to worry about you being out there doing the drugs and getting on the green light and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, the show just hits hard Ouch. on all of these concepts. Uh, so it's just built differently. Um, I love it. Black Lightning's good. Okay, anyway, uh, we watched WandaVision. WandaVision ended. Super great. Um, Super great. You talked about Hitman earlier. I did. Um, what if I told you that uh, in the third episode of Batwoman, there's a new assassin villain who shows up who's very much Hitman-inspired? Oh, really? Yeah. Is it a Does that sound pretty dupe? Yeah, it is. Doesn't that sound pretty dope? I don't know. I feel like this is going to be a trick. Oh, okay, man. what if I also told you that that person is Victor Zaz? oh okay is it cool it is cool okay the actor is actually really really good okay um i i i mildly enjoyed the first two episodes of batwoman again like even in the third episode they're still kind of trying to find their feet with the new batwoman and everything however the opening of the third episode is all about this new victor zaz and it's yeah oh that's a he's a spooky actor he's good it's a killer scene uh it is it is really really good. He has excellent dialogue. The actor delivers delivers it per pitch perfect. And uh, after he murders people in the opening of the thing, he goes to he has to make two cuts on himself, and so he makes one, and then he can't find a spot on his body for another. And he's like looking all over, and he goes, "Wow, look who's getting close to retirement." Oh. And then he goes and puts another on the back of his head, his first one on his head, and nice. I'm like, "Dang." This is this is a good villain. This is a good Ooh. villain. I'm not gonna lie. I really Ooh. so that was this is the most I've been into Batwoman for a while is because of the appearance of this Victor's ass. So that's pretty good. I gotta give it credit where it's due. All right. Um. Oh my god, that's just that, that's just so cool because Victor's ass is normally just seen as like a psycho killer, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like this is the I'm, cl- I'm so close I'm close to retirement. Like that's so cool. Like he has He's, like a goal. He is. He no, is like an expensive hitman. He is very much inspired by the hitman video game character. That is this new take on Victor's ads. And honestly, it really, really works. I like don't want to watch Batwoman, but like, I might just like watch. You might want to watch the third episode. Just that episode. That that episode's solid. All right. That kind of does raise a point. If Victor's ass can't put a mark, does he stop killing or I guess he, I guess he does. If he can't put a mark anywhere else, he's like, I'm done. I'm retired. He's got got another great bit where he's supposed to go into a lab and assassinate a specific scientist. And he gets into the lab. And then the scientist is like, 
who are you? And he's like, their alarm's going off. And he's like, oh, I'm that guy. Uh, because the alarm's going off. And then the scientist pulls a gun on him. He's like, you have a gun in your lab? <laughs> <laughs> what kind of doctor are you? Right on, all right. Um, it's tight guys uh so i've been playing the spider-man dlc because i still need to finish it i finished the second chapter now i'm in the third and final chapter Turf Wars, uh, whatever. yeah where silver sable has showed it up silver sable up. rules so silver lining uh silver sable really cool. really enjoying playing through that because i'm trying to catch up because now i do have miles morales on the ps5 so i want to get to that um spider-man's great we've talked about it uh I watched just today the Framing Britney documentary oh, uh, that is available out there. Um, I highly recommend it. It's not a long watch. It's an hour and 12 minutes. Um, I think that it's, it does a really good job of being a, a good uh, summation perspective of everything that Britney Spears went through, through her life, through her career. I think it spotlights a lot of good voices on on all sides of the topic, a good example of that is that there is a guy, there is the guy, the guy who was the paparazzi guy who she smashed, tried to smash the truck window of with the yeah. umbrella. That guy is part of the interview process, and he gives his very honest opinion that, like, you know, uh, we we were never that bad to her. She needed us. We needed her. She honestly loved having us around, and it's like, you know, she never gave us an indication that she really wanted us wanted to be left alone and and then the interviewer asked you mean like when she said let be left she wanted to be left alone and he's like well she just meant for like the day oh, God. and it's and it's a really sickening perspective to see but i think it's also really important to see it and it's a lot of just like they're the, who made this knew what they were doing as they did it there's this great part it's i know it's been shared around on twitter but just in case you haven't seen it, there's this great part where they have this interview of britney where she's talking about learning to let go of unnecessary people. And it immediately cuts from the, her saying that line to a shot of her with Justin Timberlake mm -hmm. um, when they were dating. And it's like, oh, they, they knew what they were saying. Oh, man. It's it's well put together. It makes its case very well. It's gotta be. Um, so I highly recommend watching it. Uh, I think especially if you, like, don't know a lot about that situation, not even just the current situation, but, like, how Britney Spears' life kind of went. Um it's it's pretty useful to know and it's pretty useful to to just have that perspective. I think it's super important. There's a really good that documentary manages to be just be a really good by focusing on Britney Spears' analysis of how paparazzi culture rose during our childhood, um, how it boomed, and how misogynistic it was inherently, massively misogynistic. Um, and Britney Spears is a good direct case example of that. I had a Britney Spears poster on my wall when I was a kid when that first album came out. Um, Thought she was great. two two other things. I watched two movies I've seen before, but I watched them again this week. One of them was Edge of Tomorrow because Megan had never seen it, so we yeah. watched Edge of Tomorrow this week. That movie still kicks ass. That movie still kicks ass. Still need to watch it. It's a great movie. I yeah, um, it's a good movie. Hey, guess what? Groundhog Day movies still all of them are good. Every single one, crazy. Um, Who would have thought? Yeah, Who would have uh, thought? unbeatable trend. Great, it feels like a great video game movie too. Like you're slowly getting closer and closer to like the final boss. Like it's just so well made. I I realize that like it does something that most most Groundhog Day movies don't usually do, which is like you go much further 
location-wise and and outside of the timeline. And even as it does it, it's giving you a new set of like, and once they decided this was the new path, here's how many times they repeated those actions, yeah. but you're not repeating the standard same day. Yeah. It's always constantly like moving a little further and further away from the initial. Like micro movement. montages. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think that's one of the reasons why that film works so well. Mm-hmm. Um, really great. Love wow. Edge of Tomorrow. And the other one I want to talk about is Kong Skull Island because I'm getting ready for the big showdown at the end of the month. Uh, and I love Kong Skull Island. That movie yeah. is so good. Honestly, when I was sitting there and I, I, I just like, I just hadn't thought about it in a while. And I'm like, good God, this movie has John Goodman in it too. And Sam Jackson, like this cast list is insane. When you say, oh, look at that, our Kong cast list. And it's just all these folks. And I'm like, that's, this movie is nuts. Um, two no three Marvel alums with Sam Jackson, Tom Hiddleston, and Brie Larson. Yeah, uh, uh, and and uh, and another guy who's a minor character, but I forgot who it was. But there's another person in there. That's from Agent uh, Carter, huh? From Agent Carter, the guy from Agent. Yeah, Carter. yeah, exactly. Yes, oh. thank you. From Agent Carter, the the guy who tries to make the sacrifice play. That's the Excuse Metal me. Gear director. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah, Jordan Jordan Voigt Roberts. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, the guy who got whipped by the skull crusher with the grenades is directing the new Metal Gear movie. No, no, no. the no, director no. of Kong Skull Island is. Oh, okay. It's random actors directing Metal Gear. Oh, I was about to say what? Good for that guy. <laughs> I just, I just this time it's it's been a while since I saw it, and this was the first time where I was just like taking it in shot by shot. I felt like I was really noticing just the way they did lighting, the way they did colors, the way the pacing is done, the way the story unfolds, um, the the fact that like color and lighting stood out to me so much not that i hadn't thought about them before but they just stood out to me more uh there's the whole scene where uh john goodman is recruiting tom hiddleston he's got this beautiful blue light on him from the left but a sharp red light contrasting against it from the back and like that's one example of good color in this movie um just like you can't beat the shot when they first see Kong and he's set against the Vietnam sun is so yeah. good. That whole scene uh, is, is so cool. Honestly, like, just yeah. masterful. The way they interweave music, the way it's shot, the way it's edited. Um, that think, movie's um, so good. I'm, I'm, am I frozen? Uh, only visually. Yeah. Oh, nope. Now both. Kong Skull nope. Island's a great piece of cinema. We'll, says we'll come Brandon. Back to, we'll Team come back to Brandon in a second, but, uh, <laughs> uh, I I just was watching it and I'm like I I want so badly to be able to say how much I have to say good about Kongsai and I want to be able to say that about the Godzilla films. I know. I want so badly to be able to say that. Yeah. Um. I think you're back, Brandon. Go ahead, Brandon. Yeah. 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 Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say that I think uh, Kong Skull Island is the best looking monster movie that America has made in the 21st century. I I see no reason to argue with that statement. I mean, it's either that or Pacific Rim. We don't have a lot. No, I I even think it's better because like most of the monster fights are during the day. (laughs) It's true. No, you're right. I I don't. I like that. Definitely has a lot to do with it. But it's it's just from top to bottom, like from character arcs, both minor and major characters, from casting, from. Uh, use of environment from the, inventive monsters. from the plotting from the fact that we open with the World War II guys dropping in. Oh, and they have and a that cool John C. Riley comes back around. John I C. Just, Riley's in it. That he's uh, yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. Like 
that movie is is insane. It's insane how good that movie is. I kind of uh, just wish that guy got to make Kong versus Godzilla. Uh, I, I honestly sat there and I'm like, I really wish this was him. Yeah. Excuse my count earlier. Five. I forgot about John C. Riley because he's in Guardians of the Galaxy. That's mm. true. That's Gosh, true. Darn, that's a big movie. Um, yeah, Kong Skull Island. Well, not my favorite in the MonsterVerse because that's still Godzilla fourteen for me. Uh, it's 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 close. It's just it's it's so. I I think like regardless of like what you like more, you like you can like the other Godzilla movies more or whatever. But like, it is undeniably masterfully made. Yeah. Uh, in such a way that like, each each piece is so lovingly crafted that I just don't think the other Godzilla films had. Like every single shot was so meticulously thought about, so meticulously planned, and you just don't have that in the other films. And Ryan's right; I was watching it, and I'm like, God, I wish he was doing Congress Godzilla. I think that movie would look insane. He's too busy I think making Metal I think, Gear. I think we'd be like, we our minds would be blown by how good that movie would be. Yeah. Uh, I truly wish it had been him, because like I'm not saying I'm like I'm still excited for what Congress Godzilla is gonna be. But I, I truly believe in his hands. I would have loved to have seen what he would have done with Godzilla uh, and brought his Kong back for it. So I ha- go back and watch Kong Skull Island, y'all. Uh, super great film. It's a winner. Yeah, that's a, that was an excellent movie. And that's it. That's my week. I actually do need to go back and watch Kong Skull Island because it's been a long time. And I remember you guys hyped it up. Oh, and sorry. after we were done recording the show, I actually went to go see it. Didn't we see it? Together, no, we reviewed it together. No, we reviewed it right. together because I was gone for spring training. That's mm. right. I was on my trip, and then I came home. We recorded the show, and then I went to go see it with Fanny. As far as your your uh, your MonsterVerse marathon has started, I, uh, uh, mine starts this week. Yeah, um, the Kong Skull Island and uh, King of the Monsters are both available on HBO Max. Uh, I do not believe Godzilla twenty fourteen is though. Weird, um, but you can check out. Console Island on there, so I recommend you do it. I got Godzilla 14 on Blu-ray, so I'm fine. All right. Shall we get into our bread and butter? That sounds yes. like a good plan. Yum, yum, yum. Bread and butter time. Um, look, none of us are watching Degrassi, um, but I thought this was tragic, and I wanted to bring it up. I used to watch Degrassi so much. I loved Degrassi growing up. Um, Jamil French? Who was 29 years old, who was a star under Grassy, uh, he passed away this week. I, no cause of death was given. I did not hear about this. I didn't 29. About that. Yeah, that's I'm going to look it up. Sorry. Oh, yeah. wow. That's a bummer. Oh, man. Wow. That's a shame. Do, do, yeah. we, do we know what happened? Mm-mm. They won't say. Man, 29 is that's that's us, guys. That sucks. Yeah. 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 Um, in happier news, Ray Fisher released a statement. Oh, sorry, Dan, you want something? Uh, yeah. Um, I I talked about this with Sparks the other day, and we actually forgot to mention it last week. It's not it's not a death, but it is a huge bummer. But uh, last week or maybe two weeks ago, Daft Punk dropped the news that they officially broke up. I mentioned that in there. I, yeah, yeah. Um, because we I actually totally forgot about it myself because the news hit, and of course I'm. I mean, the, the members are still alive and well, thank goodness, but it's still a huge bummer because yeah. the last album they came, that came out was uh, Random Access Memories, which is still a total banger. And I was listening to Daft Punk for two days straight after the news dropped on my way to and from work. 
So look, if you have to, if you have to stop at a certain album, Random Access Memories is a pretty good one to call it at. Yeah. True. Yeah. And I'll, and I mean, I am kind of bummed because Daft Punk, when I started really getting into their music and think, damn, this is really good. One of my wishes or one of my concert uh, bucket list shows was to see them live. That's probably not going to happen anytime soon, which is a bummer. Should, but at the same time, you should have been older, Ben. You could have went to all their older concerts. You mean, well, I mean, because well, they're almost like third. They've been a band for such a long time. It's a shame. Yeah. 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 Well, they, that's too bad. Yeah. yeah. All right. And Sparks, you manifested this one. Ray Fisher released a statement. Fish it's not exactly what I meant, but I know what you mean. <laughs> uh, but yes, he posted a whole a whole statement um, talking about the the uh, uh, allegations of, of race racism um, at Warner Brothers. That's all. I'm not. That's I can't be read on here. So it's linked below in the description. If you have not seen it, check it out. It, that's all on his Twitter. Yep. Did so everyone we, get a chance to read this? I I did, but I don't remember a gosh damn thing about it. Yeah. Um, Cool. I think I think it's it is a it is a more informative statement. I think it's still kind of hiding behind a lot of vague veils on some stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also the where it is getting specific is a lot of the specifics are still things where like a lot of other voices have chimed in to say that's not one hundred percent what was going on. Uh, like I know he refers to the cutting of black characters from the Snyder cut, and I'm like, it's it's usually specifically speaking about the cutting of the character of Iris, and I'm like, that's I don't know how well that that hangs on that idea that that was done out of racism, but yeah. um, it is nice that he he tried to be more elaborative. I do appreciate that. I don't know if these are okay. So he says uh, uh, the problematic request of asking me to play cyborg like Quasimodo or forcing a scene to be reshot so they could highlight the existence of Cyborg's penis. I definitely believe both of those, because that definitely seems like a thing Joss Whedon would do. Yeah. So I... Wasn't it come out that he wanted Vision to have a penis, too? Yeah. Wow, yeah. What's, what you got going on with robot penises, Joss? Come on, you got some... Someone's going to talk to you, bud. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't think that's anything... Like, I'm not going to say he wasn't racist, but I don't think those specific things are about racism. I think it's just really shitty... <laughs> directing and like bad behavior, behavior yeah. yeah yeah um but you all want if you listeners watch this one read it, it's linked below so. we're i feel like it's going to be slow tidbits here and there instead yeah. of just doing something like just telling us everything which you know probably probably should happen yeah um all right we've got some new release dates um paramount decided that that may 22nd will not be a good time to revisit your family in F9, the Fast Saga. Aww. So they pushed it to June 25th. Oh, just a month? Yeah. This this makes a lot of sense because uh, Biden came out this week and said that he's confident everyone will be vaccinated by the end of May Mm. in America. That's his new planned estimated rollout. So they're pushing back F9. Seems like an effort to be like, everyone will go to the theaters at that point. I yeah, really would yeah. love to go with my family to go see the family. So I'm just saying. Yeah, I would like to go uh, with my family. You guys at the family. That's what I'm talking about. I, I, I know. You could... Oh, Universal Studios, not Paramount. Sorry. I don't know why I said Paramount. Um, a Quiet Place Part 2 has shown a gumption this week by moving from its September 17th release date to May 28th. Taking F9 slot. Picking up nine slot, yeah. So it got delayed, 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 
DD D- lead? <laughs> Push forward. I mean, cool. I mean, they, whatever. Yeah. Awesome. I, I hope we can go to the movies at that point. I really want to. Yeah, see. at this at this a point, little, a little over a year later, we'll finally know if our review was right or not. Oh yeah, my laser cannons will come true. <laughs> my my sound cannons. Oh, oh those are I fun. Totally forgot. I totally forgot about those. My God, uh, almost was a year ago. Yeah. Oh, we're coming up on our quarantine anniversary. Hell yeah! <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, some controversy stuff happened this week that I oh. felt was part of our wheel to talk about the lead designer for hogwarts legacy troy levitt yes left the project because he's an asshole this is the guy who had the right wing uh youtube channel right yeah yeah this guy's a bad man um we, yeah so a couple weeks ago i think we found out that this guy is the guy in charge of this new harry potter game um, you look at his youtube page it's horrible yeah he had an old youtube i don't know i don't know if he still ran it but his old stuff was like just right wing bullshit, like oh, like very anti feminist, like you know the typical the typical bullshit. Yeah. Um, and then he's risen up in video games, and now he's creating a game. Um, mm-hmm. It seems like a lot of the studio doesn't obviously doesn't like this guy or represent. He doesn't represent the full game, and it seems like now he's out, which is good, which mm-hmm. is nice. Well, they've had to do a lot of um, damage control with this game because um, the the J.K. Rowling stuff, obviously. And then they were like, "Wait, you can make a trans character." Yeah. Um, and this guy's gone. I mean, that's that's great that there's inclusion in the game, you know, making characters be whoever you want. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, it's like, what they they will do anything they need to to get people to buy this game because people are not going to buy this game because it's a Harry Potter game. Yeah, it's right? That's just the, at the end of the day, it's JK still getting money. And I don't know how much you can do to, 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 to it's still going into her pocket. And this, it's, for a lot of people, there's nothing you can do. It's unfortunate. I have uh, seen so like many I, posts of just like of people on Instagram and Twitter just talk about how like just like just don't do anything. You can still love the books, you can still love the movies; those are out. But just don't anything new don't that comes up. Just don't give JK money. Just boycott it. You don't agree with it? Just screw that shit. Just stick with the old stuff you already have. Either way, this guy's an asshole, and he's been booted. But apparently yeah, he'll and, write a he'll he'll make a YouTube video about why soon. Oh, of course, obviously, yeah. Um, oh, it, it, it just sucks again because like you know these are these are a bunch of people who worked at a video game company and they were they were told we're gonna now make a Harry Potter game mm-hmm. and it's just it must suck to be somebody working on a game that that you just get told all day like we're not gonna buy your game because it's 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 made by a transphobe and it just like I, I feel for those developers and like I would love to play a big open world like magic game like yeah but I don't want to put money in that that monster's pocket. So what are you going to do? What are you going to do? All right. T.I., the rapper from Ant-Man and Ant-Man and the Wasp, um, one, of, one, of the, one of Scott's three wombats, will not be returning for Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, uh, probably because of all the kidnapping, harassment, uh, child endangerment accusations he's had this week. That man's. Oh, that's why. I, I saw this on the I'm like, why? What did he do? Or what? What? Why is he not? Talking? Is something going on with Ant Man that I don't know about? The accusation. His accusations are wild. I highly recommend them. It's very entertaining. Uh, and it's not just against him. It's against him and his wife. His yeah. wife too. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's had problems in the past as well, involving mm-hmm. bad things. So you know, it looked like when he's doing Ant Man, like that past was behind him. Doesn't look like it. So. uh <laughs> That guy, that character, unfortunately, will not be showing up in Quantumania. 
Uh, that's okay. He was the weakest of the three. No, no offense to Mr. T.I., he was probably the weakest, yes. Yeah, I preferred, uh, 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 what's his name, and Michael Pena. And the Russian man. Although I really did like his uh, his line in uh, Ant-Man the Wasp, he's like, you put the diamond, you have to let the whole song play. That's the, that's the Russian dude. Oh, really? Yeah, it's not T.I. I thought that was T.I.'s line. No, Maybe. All right. Comic book news. Want to talk about some comics? Please. Sure. All right. Infinite Frontier. No, not the miniseries. Not the one shot. I'm talking about the new miniseries that was announced this week that I talked about up top. Infinite Frontier, written by Joshua Williamson with art by Zermanico. Zermanico. Yeah, he's good. Um, yeah, good. Issue miniseries uh, coming out on June 22nd. Uh, this is the most direct follow-up to the one shot. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but basically it's Alan Scott, Roy Harper, uh, and the Justice Incarnate, all those stories that that don't have ongoings coming out from Infinite Frontier. Um, that's where they're going to do. So Alan Scott's looking for uh, his missing teammates and the Justice Incarnate is dealing with the fact that Darkseid is on is on a parallel Earth that, and he wants to destroy the universe. And some It sounds, it, it sounds interesting. I'm into it. Cool. I'll probably... Check out the first issue. I'm not reading a lot of DC right now, and I really, really like the change up. Besides Future State, but that was all because it was all new stuff. So yeah, now that's over. Ooh. I got. I got to oh, something. I just read Swamp Thing. Excellent. <clears throat> Good to hear. Hell yeah. Only DC book in my poll at this moment is Batman Catwoman. That's it. Yeah. Well, Nightwing's coming soon. <gasps> oh, I can't wait. Oh my god. I'm so excited for Nightwing. God. It's been um, I know yeah, but cool. shows excited for Nightwing. JSA is coming back. All right, but anyway. Um, Supergirl is getting a new eight-issue miniseries, so not an ongoing. Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow, from Tom King, as the writer, with art by Bilquis Everly and Matt Lopez. Man, Bilquis Everly, who most recently did um Sandman, uh, insanely talented artist, like like truly like one of like the best up-and-coming artists. And there's no wonder they're getting like a big Tom King book. Um, I'm the Tom King guy here. This sucks. Uh, this is the wrong move. Tom King should yeah. not be the guy writing a Superwoman, a super, uh, sorry, a, a Superwoman comic, Supergirl comic. Um, the problem we talk about was diversity all the time. Like, why are you giving this 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 female book to just one of the mainstays at DC? Uh, the the numbers on how many uh, how many women, girls have written Supergirl is awful. It's like four in like in like all of history, and they've never been like ongoing series. Like they're all just like miniseries or one shots. Uh, I'm like had an ongoing. It's always been with a man. Yeah. Um. Like I'm sure the book, like the quality level, will be fine. Mm -hmm. But like I'm just, it bums me out that like it wasn't given to someone else. Yeah. Right. It looks cool, um, man. It looks cool. But like I'm just, it bums me out. And it's an eight issue miniseries instead of a new ongoing. When she had an ongoing for a lot of the new fifty two. She yep. did. Um. Yep. Yeah. That's a bummer. Uh. Basically, the plot though is that she teams up with Crypto, uh, to to solve a, the to solve the mystery of someone who destroyed a planet that she's gonna help uh like i'm i'm i will at least pick up the first issue for sure because like i would love to read uh, a book uh that bill quist is on because i'm not reading sandman um mm -hmm. i picked up the first issue and it was good uh but you know too many books um cool it's cool cool book i just wish wish it was somebody else yeah i think a lot of people are in that that boat yeah but let's move into the other aisle marvel <laughs> uh we're gonna talk about heroes reborn one shot actually Heroes Reborn Night Gwen, written by Vita Ayala, with art by Farid uh, Karami. Listen, guys, they're not giving Batgirl her own ongoing, so they have to do it at Marvel. 
<laughs> and Beat Ayral is riding it because this is just if if Gwen turned into Batwoman yeah. or Batgirl. Uh, again, half these Heroes Reborn books look really fun. So like, if I could just select few, oh, this alternate universe fun things happening. Uh, cool, whatever. Yeah. Um, the only <laughs> I was actually looking at the solicitations and I was about to put on Heroes Reborn and I found out it's weekly seven issue miniseries. Oh, yes. no, thank you. Um, I think I think I'm finally done. Unless it's something super huge, I think I'm done with weekly stuff. Yeah, yeah. I just I don't know if I can do it. That the 52, 50, uh, the fifty two issues of um Batman Eternal. Batman Eternal. Yeah, that was. The last one I did was, was Avengers No Surrender, which was yeah. the like Mark Wade Al Ewing uh, Avengers book. No, I remember when Batman Eternal was going because I worked at the radio station and Brandon would loan me a bunch of comics to read when I worked at the station. And Batman Eternal was it was like here's the stuff that he would give me like of other stuff like his Swamp Things, his Aquaman's. That was the Batman Eternal stack. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, basically, as Ryan said, um, Gwen Stacy will be turning into Nightbird um, when she is not doing uh, science sciency stuff, and she'll be Nightbird, one of the heroes of the Squadron Supreme. Um, is there another Heroes Reborn thing announced? Um, there was, but I didn't put it on there on here i think it's it's called like savage something it's like it's like a it's like a new like dark Thunderbolt have... thing. oh oh i didn't see that i saw the anthology book it's called like savage squadron or something i'll, I'll look at oh i think that was like two weeks last week or two weeks ago was it maybe i don't know um but yeah hey i like when stacy yeah absolutely um the united states of captain america written by christopher cantwell with art by Dale Eaglesham will be a new limited series uh, based around all of the Captain Americas. Cantwell goes well. That's a good one. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, yeah, Cantwell, like he's he's talked about it. I've talked about it. Like he's one of those up and coming Marvel guys who are like, man, every book he writes is great. Uh, just keep giving to him. And now he's writing this cool every generation of Cap. I'm like, that's cool. I'm into it. I read his um, King of Black uh, one shot. Really good. Oh, the the uh, Doctor Doom one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was good. When is that? When is that Captain America book coming out? This one's in June. Okay, okay, good. I got time. Yeah, because uh, it's test reason. I can. I like Captain America. I can use more Captain America books in my in my life. You know, the only Captain America ongoing I read was the Mark Wade one, the Chris Sandy and Mark Wade. You, oh you man, you definitely should read uh, the Brew Baker. That and also Coats. Yeah, when you get the chance. Sure. Because the yeah the only. Um, Captain America run I have on my shelf are the trades is a Steve Rogers when he was Hydra. That's because we did that for a huge thing in Secret Empire. Okay, so there's a there's a couple more that aren't as good. There's there's one called American Knights where Luke Cage is a cop. Not cool. Um, there's one called Squadron Savage, which is um, Electra, Punisher, um, a B-Man, and then Cloak and Dagger, who are like maybe like an evil Thunderbolt team. That looks cool. Half these books I'm into, half of them I'm like, whatever. So we'll see. I'm getting the the Magneto and his mutant force one. 100%. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> and Ben, you like Laura Olympus, I'm assuming. I haven't seen it. Not oh, wait. Really. Laura Olympus, duh. That's the webcomic. Yeah. Uh, I read a few strips. I, I do like it. I just what do you think of uh, I don't know. For some reason, uh, <laughs> you said Laura Olympus. My brain went to Blood of Zeus. Oh, that's fair. Yeah, I don't know. It went. It's weird. It went to like Blood of Zeus slash Hades. All right. Well, anyway, Laura Olympus, the uh, webtoon, webtoon we know is getting an animated series. 
Um, oh, we'll yeah. also be getting a series of graphic novels, which will be just collecting the strips in a graphic oh, novel format. That's, cool. That's good. I'm I'm glad. Yeah, because I remember Laurel when the uh, animated show was announced, everyone was like, "Holy shit!" So yeah, that's yeah. I like that. That's cool. These graphic novels will come out from Delray Books. So it is. Okay. I'm sorry. It just popped in my head because you mentioned mythology shit. I just want to spotlight it real quick. Um, we just learned uh, this week what Ryard, Rick Riordan's next book is going to be. And the really? only reason why I think this is really exciting is because it's not in the Percy Jackson universe. Um, it's, it is a follow-up to 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Hmm. Uh, it's all about the descendant of Captain Nemo. Like um, like his his dad? young his young female descendant. Oh, descendant! Uh, I thought you said his descent, like in the madness. No, 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 <laughs> descendant. Got it, got uh, years it. years later, uh, following in the journals of of Captain Nemo. Felicia Nemo. Uh, sounds dope. I just wanted to spotlight that because I'm like, this is super exciting, and apparently it's a passion project he's been dwelling on for a while. Is that uh, open domain shit? Is that yeah, twenty thousand leagues under the sea is open. Domain. Awesome. That's cool. I didn't know that. Nice. Yeah, it just it just got announced this week. Uh, it's up for pre-order. I think it's coming out October this year. Um, but uh, really, really cool. Super excited about that. Speaking of October, uh, Lore Olympus Volume 1 will come out on October 5th. Okay. The Jim Henson Company is doing the animated series. I didn't know that. Oh. Video games. Okay. Video game time. Um, Epic Games, the creators of Fortnite, has bought... Tonic Games, the creators of Fall Guys. So Epic uh, uh, makes like Gears of War and many other games have been a long-standing developer. They now ha have the Epic Launcher, which is a Steam competitor, which is you know a place where you can buy games and stream games stuff like that. Um, mm -hmm. I use that like almost every day. I think you use it now. I don't know if you do. I know, or maybe Ben does, because you get a free game basically every day. Uh, uh, no, I, I don't have the Epic one, but uh, considering on it. Concerning Epic Games, uh, the Kingdom Hearts series is finally coming to PC through the Epic Game Store. So yeah, and guess what? It's so it's the most expensive versions you could possibly buy. If you want the entire franchise, you're spending like three hundred dollars. Yeah. Uh, and guess what? Some dumb people are gonna do it because I bet it's gonna look real pretty on PC. Yeah, because they're gonna get PC. But I'm fine with my PS4 versions. Thank you very much. Exactly. Yeah. They bought Fall Guys. But yeah, they bought um, Fall Guys. Uh, cool. Okay. Learn. We learned, I don't remember if it was earlier this week or not, that we're getting uh, Fortnite original skins mm. for Fall Guys. Yes. So this kind of, this followed that not too long after. Mm. So that makes some sense. I think uh, Epic also are... owns Rocket League. So now they own basically the two biggest, yeah. like, Indies. Uh, 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 like with Fortnite, Rocket League, and now this, they own the three biggest multiplayer games uh, yeah. uh, for, what's it called, what's the word? Like a DLC shit. Like Rocket League has so much DLC, Fall Guys and Fortnite all have so much DLC. Yeah. Well, actually, all three are free to play games, but they also have DLC slash microtransactions. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Making lots yeah. of money. Yeah. That's that's crazy. We all play Fall Guys, which why and Fortnite. You all play Fortnite, so cool. <laughs> we all play Dead by Daylight. Yes, we do. Dead by Daylight announced this new killer, and I thought it was cool, so I want to talk about it. The new chapter will be called All Kill. If you don't know what Dead by Daylight is, murder people. Um, this new killer will be a, will be called The Trickster, and he is a K-pop star who killed people and put their screams into his music. Yep. This looks cool, actually. I, now that like, you've seen what the killer looks like and what they do and stuff, yeah. I actually might get this killer, because normally uh, the killers I bought are like the, are, like, the, the famous movie franchise ones. But this one sounds really cool. I kind of. Those like original it. killers are really cool. Yeah. Um, the new survivor will be called Yoon Jin, which is his producer, his music producer. 
Oh, it's a survivor. Yeah, the the killer also has a name, which is like Ji Woon. Um, oh yeah, I, yeah. Before before he's just called the trickster. He's got a a Joker inspired style. Uh, it's like Joker meets K-pop inspired style, but um, I'm sure there'll be a lot of like fun, fun, colorful ways to play with his outfit. There'll uh, be like a BTS all the different pack. options. Yes, well, because it's a uh, this is being worked on with BTS to oh. create this. Yeah, BTS worked with the team Amazing. to craft this K-pop uh, narrative. That's fun. That's um, they, so, they, so that's pretty hands-on. The developer nice. of Dead by Daylight partnered with uh, Kevin Wu, who is a who is part of the K-pop band You Kiss. And DJ Swivel from BTS. Yep. Nice. Uh, I would be surprised if there wasn't some BTS K-pop song incorporated into a, a new map or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's, at like, it's like at a, like a festival. Like a, a festival, festival or something. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm picturing. I wish I was the fly in the room where the producers of Dead by Daylight approach BTS is like, hey, we want to put something of K-pop into a game where you murder people. Can you help us out? Yeah, I don't think we've had a new map added since the Stranger Things expansion. Uh, there was oh, Pyramid no, Pyramid Head. Head. Pyramid Head got one. So I, I, I have a hard time not imagining we're getting a new map with this guy. It hasn't been announced, but I'm like, he's just not prone to any of the environments we already have. Yeah. So it feels like they have to make an environment that, that does work to him. Ooh. Um, evil not that he can't evil record shop. Oh, I got an idea. What if it's like an abandoned... Uh, like an abandoned nightclub. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Could be a recording cool. studio. Yeah, or a recording studio. Ooh, that'd be cool too. All right. Chucky. The new Chucky TV series announced the full cast. I didn't write the full cast because I don't know who any of these people are, except for Jennifer Tilly, who played Tiffany Valentine in the original uh, 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 Chucky films. So the Bride of Chucky. She is returning as the Bride of Chucky. Yep, makes sense. Devin Sawa's in it? You don't know who Devin Sawa is? No. He's in Idle Hands in the Final Destination movies. Wow. He's, a, he's He was big in the 90s, early 2000s. Cool. Uh, that's cool. Just right like on. this property. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Supergirl Season 6 will debut on March 30th. Oh. We'll take the place of Superman and Lois while Superman and Lois goes on a hiatus till may cool got a final season somebody say that and superman and lois also is renewed for a second season people yeah. i'm gonna I'm, I'm i'm saying it on this podcast to make it official i'm gonna watch that first episode i'll watch it with you because people have really seemed like that first episode so i'm, I'm yeah. excited slowly working my way back into what the cw is during the season um you uh, you know i was because i was sending a clip of the first season i'm pretty sure it's like very early on in the episode but it was it's Superman involving an older style costume, like an older 30s. It's probably the very first thing that happens in the very oh, first episode. Okay, cool. Because I didn't, I didn't know how spoiler that was. I was sent that post, and I actually really dig that costume. I thought it looked great. Yeah, it's dope. And, yeah, when he says thanks, my mom and I was like, "God damn, that is Superman." He would say that. He did say that Superman yeah. for all seasons. I mean, yeah, he, yeah, he did say, "Oh God damn it, I, that was my book club too." All right, uh, Ryan, you like party down? I do like Party Down. It makes me sad. I don't think anyone else here has watched it. <laughs> I have not. I've heard of it, though. So good. Um, Stars is reviving the series for a six-part limited series, and the entire cast is uh, it, it is apparently going to return, but it's not official yet. Yeah. Um, uh, Adam. Oop. Nope. Nope. Adam. Um, 
Oh, he's from Parks and Rec. Adam Scott. Adam Scott, thank you. And Lizzie Kaplan and uh, a whole Jane great Lynch. cast. A uh, who? Jane Lynch. Jane Lynch, yes. Um, that's a, it's about a bunch of catering people, like, and they're all in their like like mid mid twenties, early thirties, and it's like you know a bunch of young people living in L.A. trying to make it in Hollywood, but they're caterers. Uh, it's fantastic, and it's 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 one of those like cult classic shows that's like loved like freaks and freaks and geeks. Um, it's so cool that it's getting like a like a revival like fifteen years later because it's enough time has passed where those are all like way different people. Like so much time has passed. Uh, I'm really excited to see where they're all where they're all at in life. Um. It's a great show, you guys. Like, definitely worth a watch. It's so good. Original creators are coming back to do this. I love it. That's so cool. Uh, the Obi-Wan series, Star Wars Obi-Wan, has cast Indira Verma, who played Ilaria in Game of Thrones. Hell yeah, she did. Has been cast in the yeah. series. That whole, the, the, the entire cast of Dorne is eating in Star Wars now. Yeah. They've all been in Star Wars movies. I love it. Uh, cool. She's, she's, she's. She's feisty. She's great. She's a great actress. Great actress. If I remember who exactly she was in Game of Thrones, she was very kick-ass, and I cannot wait to see her in the lead one. She was. She was uh, Pedro Pascal. She was Pedro Pascal's like wife. Wife. Yeah. Oh, oh, that okay. She's like the older of like the family. Of the okay, life. okay. I thought it was one of the daughters. Okay. No, she's like the mother of the Sand Vipers. Yeah. She's she's older. She's an older woman. She yeah. was. She was also. She may have not uh, had a spear or whip, but she was very badass. So, yo, yo, guess who Obi Wan? Guess what? Obi Wan's guess what? What? They're banging. They're banging. You know they're banging. <laughs> Didn't you? Jedi, no, baby. That, that, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. That's a rabbit hole for another day. As George Lucas said, Jedi could have sex, but they just couldn't love. Exactly. And guess what? Obi Wan's on a desert planet. It's got to get moist. I'm just saying. Jedi were um, only allowed to be players. <laughs> they're only allowed to be ballers. Yeah. Puts on shades, leaves. I was behind. just about to, to mention that quote because yeah, that's why it's so thing. bad. That's why it's so bad that Obi Wan uh, fell fell in love with Satine. Yeah, yep, yep. It's like you couldn't have the physical attachment. That was the thing. You can right. feel. Yeah. Super Sema, Sparks, you put this on here. Literally, first time. Um, uh, you you mentioned this. This is Lupita Nyong'o uh, has mm -hmm. partnered with tech startup Kukua. To launch a new African American, African, sorry, uh, superhero kids series. Super yeah. Summer. Um, did you guys get to watch the trailer for this? Yeah, I watched yeah. it. Uh, so it's it's going to be a YouTube original. Um, I I just wanted to spotlight it because I think it's cool. Um, it's a cute is, kids this show. This is a yeah. YouTube kids show, but it's entirely based in in Africa. It's Afrofuturism. Um, and Lupita Nyong'o is going to be a voice on it. She's also an executive producer. Um, but it just, it's going to bring more uh, African-centered stories to a lot of kid audiences. And I think that's just really cool. Yeah. Um, I, I put a little bit more in the description about what she said, but uh, I'll, I'll let Brandon read that. Yeah, she said, I am delighted to be, be a part of this talented female-led team of powerful creators. Uh, as a Kenyan, I couldn't be prouder of Super Sema's introduction to the world and the opportunities Kukua provides for our local creative community to produce entertainment that reflects our culture. Yeah, I love it. Um, this is, uh, I think we're very much on like the beginning of a wave of Afrofuturism going to be very, very like pronounced and prevalent uh, in our media. Um, I, I think we're already seeing it creep its way in. Um, and I'm, I'm all for it. I think we're going to see a lot of dominance of that concept mm -hmm. uh, that that's going to be the next two decades is going to be a lot of Afrofuturism stories, I think. Cool. Okay. Um, uh, uh, the new uh, 
Disney Plus is working on one. Yes, Disney Plus is working on one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lucasfilm has the rights to a book series that is Afrofuturism that they're working on. That's the that's the uh, Shadow and Bone, n- not Shadow and Bone. Children, children of the of Blood and Ash. I think that's what it is. Shadow and Bone. There was a trailer for that. Right, not Shadow and Bone. That's not what I'm talking about. But you're right. We we forgot to talk about the trailer for Shadow and Bone. I thought it looked good. I think. Yeah. Uh, uh, but it's like Children of Blood and Ash, I think. Yeah. Um, but that's that's a story that Lucasfilm got the rights to a few years ago. Uh, that's Afrofuturism, um, and you're you're definitely seeing it pop up in a few other places. It's been in uh, Overwatch uh, with the mm. uh, background of one of the of a couple of the characters is all based in Afrofuturism. Right, right, right. Um, you're. I, I just think we're we're definitely looking down the barrel of a lot more of that. Yeah, could be. Which is great. Which is great. And I think Super Sama is just an awesome introduction for that. You, we're we're going to be seeing kids are going to watch the, the this show. And then in like the next decade and a half, they're going to start making their own projects that are based on those concepts. Yeah. And I, it's, it's, it was on YouTube kids and I wasn't hundred percent sure if that's free or not, but I'm pretty sure that's just like, um, like Netflix has like, if you have kids, you put on the Netflix for kids. I think it's like the YouTube for kids. So it's something mm-hmm. free that's still cool. And like, like highly produced, produced and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so so it's coming out March 8th, uh, tomorrow. Looks cute. Um, And it's dropping eight episodes to start, and then 12 episodes, one a week after that. Super summer! Yeah. All right. Have you guys ever seen a movie, Silent Night, Deadly Night? I'm aware of it. Uh, Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Garbage Day! It's being rebooted. Is that Garbage Day? Yes, it is, the It's the sequel, Silent Night, Deadly Night 2. Uh, where he goes on a killing spree and he kills a garbage man. Wow. Garbage day. I don't know that's what that was from. Anyway, it's getting rebooted in 2022. <laughs> it's going to be hilarious. The original producers are coming back to do it. And it's with an independent studio. It's got to, it has to be like a, like a joke. Like there's no way, like those movies are bad movies that are like unintentionally funny. So I really hope it's in that vein and they're not coming back and like truly trying to make like, no, the story has to. We have to tell the story of this what murder. Trying to make. What if they try to do the black, like the, make the Black Christmas? Uh, try to do that again. Hey man, it's it's about a dude who just like murders on Christmas. Like it's not like they they could totally do a rework of it. Sure. Um, I don't believe in the producers of those movies. <laughs> uh, okay. Fun. That's fun. Uh, are you guys familiar with Helsing? Yeah. Uh, yeah, the anime Helsing. Uh, I love it. I love that anime. I think it's awesome. I've only watched the a bit of the original show and then all of the OVAs, mm-hmm. uh, which are um, based on one uh, volume each. But the writer of John Wick and the upcoming Nobody, Derek Kolstad, is developing a live-action adaptation for Amazon Studios. All right. Give me some, like, it's like that's like vampire werewolf shit, yeah? Uh, mostly vampires. Mostly vampires? Oh, yeah. uh, sorry. Um, yes, that sounds great. Uh, that's cool. I'm glad it's going to be him. Um, you brought up Amazon Studios, and I forgot that this was another thing I meant to bring up earlier. Um, for those who don't know, uh, uh, Amazon's having a strike this week. Um, the, oh. the Amazon workers are trying to work on unionizing, Hell yeah. and they're they're yeah. leading their protests and everything. And they're asking for the way that the rest of us can contribute if you're not a person who can be out there protesting and everything like that. Uh, just don't purchase anything from Amazon. Don't watch things on Amazon Prime Video. Easy. Um, avoid avoid all those purchases for the next week. Um, it's being called as, you know, don't cross the picket line. And that's the picket line that they're asking you not to cross. Just wanted to raise awareness about it because uh, I think the Amazon workers should definitely get to unionize. 
as a former Amazon worker myself, I fully accept this and I fully support it. So yeah, don't do the thing. You can survive. Go to the store for once. Wear a mask while you do it, though. Be safe. But don't buy anything off Amazon. I wanted to see how long you'd go. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, I'm very I, I'm very excited for this Helsing adaptation. I really love that anime. Um, and Derek Kolstag, uh, I've, I've so far liked everything he's done. He's doing the upcoming Falcon Winter Soldier also. Uh, I'm very excited. Hope it's good. Yeah, we mm-hmm. Let me rewatch that anime. It's, it's awesome because it's like, um, uh, it's Alucard, who's this vampire... Uh, gun-toting vampire is working with the Van Hel- with the Van Helsing Corporation to to fight other vampires and like there's Nazi vampires. It's awesome. Right. I mean, well, I agree. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Fanny has the DVDs for Helsing, so I need to watch those because that actually sounds freaking rad. It's it's awesome. Okay, anyway, Space Jam: A New Legacy. A bunch oh, of stuff Lord. came out about that. Oh, Come on, slam! And welcome to the Y. <laughs> Um, right. Well, anyway, the, the big thing is that they released the plot, and it's that uh, LeBron James and his son get sucked into a video game. Wait, so this is what we heard leaked earlier. We talked yeah. about it uh, a few months ago that this was the leak, and I'm like, yo, if this is real, this movie is wild. And this is real, and this movie's wild. <laughs> King Kong and, and Batman are going to watch him play basketball? Like, listen, like, I, I, I give everything a chance. Yeah. And again, I've seen the Lego movie. I've seen Wreck-It Ralph. I know this can work, but I have to see a trailer because right now I'm not sure, you guys. <laughs> I just don't know if the imagination is, can work for me right now. Don Cheadle is the bad guy. I like yeah. that a lot. I just got to see a trailer. Lola Bunny <laughs> is not sexy anymore. That's fine. So, and I love seeing a bunch of gross men on the internet freak out. I love it. It's hilarious. That, okay, I really hate myself for going, diving down that rabbit hole because I just saw some... I saw regular... People who I side with tweet about like why are people why is Lola Bunny trending? So I was curious like why is Lola Bunny Bunny trending? So I went down no pun intended I went down that rabbit hole and <laughs> I, I really want some unsee juice guys I really need some unsee juice shot into my eyes right freaking now. Um, so I definitely don't empathize with the guys who are upset because she's not sexy looking anymore. However, I do empathize with the ladies who are saying she shouldn't have to have her boobs removed for her to be taken seriously. (laughs) So I'm kind of of the opinion, yeah, we shouldn't have to censor a female character in order to have her be a valid character in the eyes of the mass audience. So kind of bummed that they did that. Uh, It feels like a really, really overreactionary thing that encourages misogyny so um <clears throat> that's a bummer i guess uh, you, living you, on you know, look honestly i was never going to be excited for lola in this movie anyway because lola was at her peak when she was in the looney tune show where she was turned into a psychotic stalker there you go so where uh, is she still a psychotic stalker they're not they're gonna make <laughs> her just like she was in space jam i'm sure but I, I saw some scenes of Lola Bunny and I actually do like the that iteration of Lola more than like the super sexy one. He's talking about the show, Brandon. Okay, Sorry. I was like, you've never seen Space Jam? No, no, I have. Of course you've seen Space Jam. I'm talking about the, yeah. Don't uh, say of course. There are many movies that you should say, of course I've seen that too, that you have not seen. True. Space Jam uh, is like nostalgia's bitch the movie though. Yeah. <laughs> I saw that movie in theaters twice when I was Man, in first grade. Living on, Lola is living on Paradise Island with Wonder Woman. 
it just like it just it just sounds like the Lego movie for no reason. But like oh, yeah. they're going into like the computer servers, but like Space Jam's about basketball. And at the end of the day, if there's still a really fun basketball match where it's like, yeah, if Batman and King Kong are like eating popcorn, like, yeah, go LeBron, like that's probably gonna be fun. Like, I'm not it gonna was- say no. But just right now, like the idea is too insane. I need I need to see how it's structured. Do you think yeah. hold on, do you think that Bill Murray and Wayne Knight will come to his aid? I, they're probably too old, but like they could be cheerleaders. I'm I'm almost certain Bill Murray won't come. No. <laughs> but I think Wayne Knight will. Oh, what's Wayne? Yeah, come on. Yeah, hell yeah. Maybe, Dude, bring maybe. Wayne Knight back. Maybe As, maybe maybe Wayne Knight, but oh I wanted to ask actually Sparks, because uh you've talked about how the first images for that showed a 2D Bugs Bunny. And now we're seeing a 3D Bugs Bunny. How are you feeling about that? Okay, uh, well, so uh, first, uh, the 3D image is still based in 2D animation turned 3D rather than like the basic CGI, like CGI structuring from from just straight computer animation. Like Raya. They, they did 2D style to turn him 3D. So the 2D animation still exists within his backbones. So I, I like that. Like the design looks good. It doesn't look bad. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is that 2D animation is still being used to market this movie as well, which makes me think that he's 2D and 3D in this movie because the implication of the computer servers, well, I mean, because they released a promotional image and they said, this is what Bugs, this is an image of Bugs from Space Jam 2 and it was 2D animation. Mm-hmm. And there's also still other marketing things out there that have maybe, images of yeah, him next maybe, to LeBron that are 2D. Maybe it's a thing again because like we're dealing with the computers and shit. Maybe like like they're normally 2D when they go into the computer space they're 3D or that's, some or something like that's that. That's what I'm assuming. I think yeah. that's what this is going to be, and and I'm totally fine with that. Um, especially like if pa- what I saw what Patrick Willems had to say about this shot, which is that he he feels that it's going to be Bugs reacting to the fact that he's been turned into CGI. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm all for that. If it's going to be an animation criticism done that way, that's great. Mm-hmm. I just need to watch the original Space Jam again before this comes out. Yeah. Um, all right. You want to know what made me really excited about the new Dungeons and Dragons movie? Yes. I don't know. Hugh Grant was cast as the bad guy. Hell yeah, he was. I'm so excited now. That's going to be good. I just, I can't, like... Every week it gets another great casting and we like, it's already got the guys behind game night. So I'm just like, I hope Hugh oh Grant's God. as weird as he is in, in cloud Atlas in the future. Oh my God. I hope he's as good as he is in Paddington too. Cause that's an Oscar winning performance. I can't reference that cause I haven't seen it, but I hope he's as weird and tribal as he is. Wait, in he's cloud in, Atlas. wait, he's in cloud Atlas. I thought oh, he's cloud in the far Atlas. future. That's right. Sorry. He's, the, he's yeah. the leader of the tribe. hunting it's, Tom Hanks and Halle Berry. I, I saw it once. It's been a long time. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. So like, this He's is practically unrecognizable, which is why I wanted to be yeah. him. <laughs> uh, Hugh Grant, to me, when I hear this, I hear like evil wizard, or, like evil elf. Like I can just imagine Hugh Grant with some big old ears talking like this. Like he's, he's in the he's in the effort phase of his career, and I'm here for it. Hell yeah! I'm I'm just we're getting a really big, expensive like adventure fantasy movie soon. I'm just like I'm just so excited because again, we don't get enough of those. Or uh, secretly a huge Dungeons and Dragons nerd, and he's finally letting his nerd flag fly. Now it's cool to be a nerd. I got a feeling it's not. That's not it. <laughs> Probably not. Got a feeling. Sophia, Sophia Lillis. Uh, Sophia Lillis, who is the who is um, Stranger Things and uh, no, it, it in it, chapter it. two, uh, and um, what was that movie I just saw? Nancy Drew. Yeah, she's uh, also been cast in this. 
Oh my god, this cast rules. This movie's gonna be so good. Oh, I recently saw her in Uncle Frank with Paul Bettany. Excellent movie. I think you guys should watch that. Nice. Okay. I'm gonna try something here. About there's a lot of rumors that came out this week. Some of them are actually really cool that I wanted to say it would be really cool. Others are others are shit. So I'm just gonna barrel through it. We're gonna read all the rumors that dropped today, and then we can talk about whatever we want. I love it. I'm I'm here for it. All right. Blade might be introducing his daughter into the movie with Marshall Ali. Uh-huh. Captain Marvel 2 is looking for a John Boyega slash Michael B. Jordan type. Uh-huh. I'm just going to say it. The Mutants. <laughs> um, Hera will be replacing Cara Dune in Rangers of the New Republic. Hell yeah. And Obi-Wan will appear in Andor. All these rumors, we unsubstantiated, but let's, what do we want? I believe the casting thing for Captain Marvel 2, because that makes sense. They're looking for people in that movie. Um, I believe... I want to believe the Hera one because F me uh, F that lady get a cool lady in there. Um, and she, that would be her live action like appearance, her first yeah, like, yes. yeah, because she's been in the game. Uh, uh, she was Rogue Squadron. We, we know she was around in Rogue One, but we didn't see her. Yeah. Um, the rest, I don't, I, I don't really believe. Yeah, um, I know where you got one of those uh, things, and I also agree with you. It's like can't trust. Illuminati, this I'm done with you. I'm done with the Illuminati. Yeah. I want I wanted to I wanted to say Captain Marvel looking for a John Boyega or Michael B. Jordan type. Cast John Boyega. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I don't know if John Boyega wants to, is the thing. Okay, that's fair. But like if he does, just do that. Yeah. I, I have to uh, Ryan and I discussed this is that like I feel like John Boyega is about to head in a Daniel Radcliffe direction, given how openly he's spoken about feeling about Star Wars. He's gonna make a bunch major, of weird major, major now. blockbuster franchise stuff, and I'm like, it's cool that he he's kind of on nice terms because Disney called him in for a meeting to talk about that specifically mm-hmm. afterwards. Like that's dope, but I can still see him not wanting to do a big franchise thing like Marvel because of that. At least for a while. If yeah. Anything. Yeah. Yeah. Cool off. Uh, the blade introducing his daughter thing is interesting because that comic never came out. And you know, that's the type of thing that I can see them doing, but that's, that's, that's a lot to do in your very first movie is to introduce this character and their kid. That's never been, that seems like a lot to do in your first movie. Yeah. But I mean, where the things have happened. So who knows? Yeah. I really hope the Hera one is true though. I love that character from rebels um, yeah. and her being in the range of the new Republic. Uh, show would be awesome. That'd be sick. Yeah. Um, that would be sweet. Yeah. There's more, more rebels characters, please. Every day. Trailers. Uh, the mutants is a terrible name for the X. Yeah, they're never gonna call it. They're, you guys are you guys are hilarious. The amount of people who retweet it makes me so sad because I'm like, they've done this for years and they're like half I like did. throwing darts at a dartboard. They're gonna be right eventually, but that's because everyone speculates. Brandon, I'm sorry, but I need to say something. Luminary, shut the fuck up. Ooh, I, I'm so offended for them. Spicy. Wow. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I, the, the mutants is if, 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 any. Any movie that has a mutant in it will be called X-Men. Well, I mean, there's a million different X things they could do. I know, but like like the first first thing, they're not going to call it X-Men? They're not going to, whatever it is, they're not going to call it the mutants. That's for sure. That's for sure. All right, trailers. Trailers. Tito. Voyagers. With Colin Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell in space. Yep. Uh, Colin Farrell and a bunch of horny on main teenagers in space, apparently. Yeah. Is Rick Berger's follow-up to Limitless? I mean, I think he's done 
other stuff, right? Yeah, that's the only thing I remember, though. Well, I mean, that is probably his most high-profile thing, I'm, I'm guessing. Um, yeah. I'm not sure what to make of this trailer. I'm not exactly sure what's going on, but it's got a cool look. They're in a lot space. Of polyamory. A lot, a lot of banging going on, for <laughs> sure. Um, like, they're living on a space station, living life. Things aren't great, maybe. Who knows? Uh, I like space stuff. Looks interesting. It, it looked odd. I mean, the stuff on the ship was cool, but then the constant jump cuts to other stuff. Like a constant, like a quick montage. It's like, hey, it's like, hey, they're feeling, they could feel it now. Hey, they're exploring now. Hey, they're banging now. They're killing now. And then it's like random images of documentary stuff just thrown in the middle. I'm like, this is weird. I think, I think it's just to give you the vibe of what it is, which it just seems about what if all these teenagers don't understand like feeling anything. Yeah. Um, it's like it's cool. A, it's like a weird colony that, that's like being drugged and like they're slowly waking up or something. I don't know. Ty Sheridan's in it and he's not great, but the movie could be good. Oh, that's Cyclops, right? Yeah. Yeah. Ready Player One. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. <laughs> Thunder Force. I'm gonna go to the bathroom. I thought this looked like terrible. Just <laughs> terrible. I'm sorry, Melissa. I'm sorry, Melissa. I'm sorry, Octavia Spencer. I'm sorry, Octavia. Yeah. Uh, this is the Melissa McCarthy, Octavia Spencer um, superhero movie on Netflix. Uh, did What's-His-Face have anything to do with this? I don't think so. Okay. I can't remember oh, his name. Oh, Fig, right? Yeah, that guy. The one you don't like. It, it, honestly, it honestly doesn't even look like his kind of humor, which can work for a particular audience. Uh, I, it, I, I can't, me personally, I maybe this just isn't made for me, but I can't find the funny. Which is clearly it's trying to go for funny, but I can't find the funny. I, normally, stuff like "Hey, don't throw the bus." I can't hear you. I'm too busy throwing the bus. Then she throws the bus. It's like that wasn't funny. Normally oh, this is directed. Bad. Sorry, this is directed by her husband Ben Falcone. Oh, uh, who's husband? Terrible. Who's husband? Melissa McCarthy. There you go. Um, um, I. I have talked to Ryan and, and Megan about this because I'm watching Gilmore Girls and Melissa McCarthy just like doesn't care um, because she clearly cared when she was doing Gilmore Girls to the point where I, I'm utterly convinced they're two separate people. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, because like her, her current career and her like past few years career and her career on Gilmore Girls are so wildly different. Um, and this is just more of her doing the same kind of shtick she's been doing. And unfortunately, it just feels like her doing that and dragging Octavia Spencer down with her. What was what did this director else do that I missed? It's it's Melissa McCarthy's husband, Ben Falcone. Mm -hmm. Tammy and Life of the Party. Gotcha. Those Tammy Melissa was, Tammy was good. What was the last movie I saw Octavia Spencer? Oh, it was Witches. Ma. Uh, yeah, Octavia Spencer is great. Um, yeah. This just doesn't look like this is serving her well at all. And honestly, like on paper, the two of them teaming up for something in a solid script with a great, good director would be awesome. Yeah. Like those two could play off each other really well. I can totally mm -hmm. picture it. It just seems this like just doesn't look like it's it. Lazy, bad comedy. Yeah. I, I really, I really liked Melissa McCarthy in Can You Ever Forgive Me, which is her drama, dramatic role. Yeah. Um, that was really good. And again, I've liked her in Gilmore Girls, but it, so now every time I see like these, I'm like, you're better than this. Yeah, yeah. It's, I, she definitely has a, a similar like Bruce Willis style thing where I just a lot of these I feel like she's just being this one type of character 
and mm -hmm. isn't really trying or stretching herself or doing anything. And I know she's capable of it because I've seen it. And I'm like, all right, I guess. And Octavia Spencer, I'm sure, is going to give it her all. But like, it, it, this just doesn't look like a good script that serves them. It doesn't seem funny. It doesn't seem like it uses them. Yeah. yeah. Seems like a quick buck kind of movie. It does. I definitely don't like the something about the the joke about them getting out of the car and then both being larger women doesn't work for me at all and i'm like yeah. why why do this yeah i don't know who Lazy. this is for yeah yeah all right aliens fire team hey guys who likes left for dead and me. who, and me. who me. likes aliens me me well i got a game for you brandon take it away <laughs> well that's it it's the trailer for aliens Fire team. It's a, it's a, it's what we, you know, we play Dead by Daylight. Uh, a four person dead. shooter tactical, uh, uh, left as, type game. as long as the gameplay is competent enough and I can just play this with my friends, I'm, I'm good to go. Like, I, I want, I want Left 4 Dead style gameplay multiplayer with xenomorphs. Yep. 20 Sweet. different types of species of xenomorph. I'm there, baby. Just uh, give me, give me the There's That's a, uh, there's like the one minute trailer we watched, and then there's like a IGN has like a 25 minute like full God. gameplay thing, and I watched that. Ooh. Um, it looked yeah, it looks, it looks I would pretty good. I would love if it had the uh, the same kind of like Left 4 Dead style mode where you can take over like the special zombies. You can take over special xenomorphs and want. hunt your friends. That's what I'm secretly hoping they're waiting to announce that there's like a there's a versus mode. God willing, that's then it's then it's like I don't even like this is gonna be great. Guys. I don't even care if the shooting's bad because then I get to be a bad guy and I will be an alien crawling on walls all yeah, day. Yeah, long. yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh the the main alien species is the runners from alien three. Um, and then you could get like the, the warriors from alien. And then the, there's like, there's, like, new like, like shield head one. That's like running yeah, down. That looks yeah. like a hole or something. Yeah. yeah. There's a spitter that shoots acid at you. The, like maybe, maybe we'll get that weird lady hybrid from the Marvel comics. that's Ooh, coming. Spoilers. <laughs> Whatever that is. She has to seduce you. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. And then if finally, if I can shoot aliens with my friends and it's not an arcade game, I'm okay. I can do. I, I can do that. I like that. Yeah. And I finally, think, uh, sorry, just real quick. I think this is a great way to follow up Alien Isolation. Is is not to make another try and make another Alien Isolation. Alien Isolation is a nice, you know, what it was. Good go event, but we have not had aliens. we have not had a multiplayer uh, Xenomorph style game like this. Yeah. And I think this is this this could work really well. This could just nail it this could land uh to to get that kind of combative play mm -hmm. uh definitely like less about the horror more about the action and that play into that aliens oh yeah i think it'll be good yeah dota dragon's blood uh again they were saying so many words and just so many phrases and like i don't know what's going on because dota is a multiplayer game that i didn't know had a story but again, uh, the animation's so nice, and the like, the cool magic's cool enough that I'm willing to give this a shot uh, mm -hmm. just to see what it's about. Because uh, it's like all it's all brand new to me, so I have no attachment. Like you can do whatever you want. Um, mm -hmm. I like dragons a lot. You guys, they're pretty cool. I've I've heard the term. I've heard Dota thrown around in video game circles. I've heard people talk about how much they love Dota, and just seeing this trailer, seeing how beautiful the animated is, and seeing those dragon fights. I love Studio Mirror. I'm mm -hmm. like. I just like just just give me that cool fantasy shit. I need it. I need some cool fantasy shit right the f now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm excited for it. Honestly, I'm I'm gonna totally give it a, give this a shot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it comes, uh, out I, later I, this, comes out later this month, right? Yes. 
Groovy. Hot dog. That's so fast. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think this trailer looks better than the last one for me personally than, yeah. the, than the previous one they had out, which just didn't grab me. This yeah, yeah. one, at least I get have a better idea of what I'd be going into. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Anything else you want to bring up or oh, God, that's it? Moving to our... It's time to move on. Moving on up to the east side. Full spoilers for Raya and the Last Dragon, Disney animated newest film. You've been warned. You've been warned. What do we think about this one? You go first, Brandon. You never go first. How about you go first? Yeah. You always have to go first. I don't know. Because I always, because I want to gauge you guys' interest before I see what my opinion is. No, Too bad. No, 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 that's how, no, that's not fair. This might be my new favorite Disney animated movie. I'll go next. I think this movie rules. Uh, I have, I have one personal, personal, my own problem with it. But besides that, I, I love, I love this movie. Oh, thank God. See, if I had not gone, if I had gone last, I wouldn't be so stressful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sparks? Uh, I, I have practically nothing to complain about. Ooh, I'm going to be the odd one out. So I do like this movie. I really, really like this movie. I love 99% of this movie. But we will get into the problems I have with it at the very end. Well, no. Why don't we start with the 1% one, with the one percent okay. that you don't like? Very little. The 1% okay. of the whole movie. I know. He's like, I'm odd man out. I like, I dislike 1% of this movie. <laughs> I do. Okay. This uh, is still an so, A+, plus, but... Uh. So, I don't know why, but the ending kind of bugs me in a, in a way. Just And when I say the ending, I mean the ending of when... I love the fact that everyone in this group um, sacrifices themselves for the dragon gem and they it's their trust that destroys the druid and saves the world. Yeah. Why are the dragons alive this time? Because before, the humans didn't trust themselves. So the world was still broken. Okay, because now, the humans, have trust, now that, humans trust, themselves, trust each other as well as mm-hmm. the dragons. So the dragons came back. Yeah, that's that was one of the things I was bugging me because during the because when the dragons come back, I was just trying to think is like, how is it because I was like trying to rationalize it with uh, Fanny and also my Disney. Yeah, I know. Also, Disney, you have to have a happy ending, uh, uh, like when Sisu comes back, uh, essentially when she comes back from the dead, and it's like for some reason, like the ending was just like. I, I don't know. I don't know why oh. that, that ending bugged me. As it doesn't, it doesn't like really like it doesn't like put a huge down on the movie. The the entire film, I was like, oh hell yeah! But once we got to the ending, I was like, this is like standard Disney ending here. I mean, I'm glad that they finally trust 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 themselves. And I was like, you know, just screw it, dragon magic. I'm just gonna chalk it up to dragon magic. The humans did the dragon magic, and that's why the dragons were able to come back. So uh, they don't spell it out for you. But there's that part where um, the the kid on the boat asks Sisu what the Droon are, and she says that they are they are created out of human beings' discord. Mm. Um, that that's where they originate from. So to me, the implication was the only way to reverse what was done to the dragons was for humans to display that trust okay. that the dragons already had. They don't say that. They don't spell it out for you. But that was just the implication right. I had that like, oh, if humans put the thing back together, that will bring the dragons back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes uh, sense to me. 
Conversely, yeah, was... conversely to Ben, uh, I was sobbing at the end of this movie. <laughs> Those dragons are real cool. At the at the very beginning, I uh, I because I forgot what the dragons looked like. I was like, that's a very interesting design for these dragons. But over time, like I really grew to really like them, and they're all in. They have individual personalities and special powers, almost like X Men. Mm-hmm. Like big fan yeah. of all the dragon stuff. Very like the whole film is Southeast Asian inspired. And oh, I love all the different animation styles. Like when they're talking, right. when like they're planning the heist, and they got the comic book style, and then oh, the yeah. beginning has that like um like um paper play style. Mm-hmm. Um, loved the animation, loved all the animation in this movie. Yeah, I will go into the to my thought on the design of the dragons. They are very Southeast Asian inspired, and I really dig that because when you think uh, Asian dragons, you think of the ones from China and Japan. Yeah, the long ones. Yeah. I mean, they're still long, but they're really, they're really, really cool looking. I really, really, at first I didn't think I was going to like the design of Sisu, but the more I saw of her and as the film went, I was like, no, I I really dig these dragon designs. I thought, I think they're cool. Yeah. um, Something that I, and not that Disney movies don't do this with all of their animated movies, but like this entire world seems fleshed out and really well thought out. And like all the creatures are cool and nothing feels out of place. Um, Like so much care and attention was put in this movie and like, there's not there's not like a frame that I dislike. I think it's beautiful. It's so beautiful. Like especially like all like the dragon like magic and like like when like the like the fog comes out when they get the crystal. Like it yeah. just looks so real. The fire looks so real at times. I'm like, man, this man, technology. Be, oh, I love an animation. You'll be, you'll be excited to know that the one of the directors for this movie directed Big Hero Six. Yeah. Oh yeah. This awesome. movie's gonna always man, and the writers like wrote like Big Hero Six and uh, and Crazy Rich Asians, and I'm like, oh man, this movie was always gonna rule. Yeah um what, what was i get oh i love the fights yeah I me too like, i love i love, love the choreography this, this is definitely one of those disney movies that i will put up in high regards like with moana and and big hero six you know i think i like moana a lot more than big hero six but those fight scenes were gorgeous i just like after sisu gets shot and you see raya just going to the temple to fight uh the miri i was like it, oh, this is a cool fight. This is Man, a really talk fight. about talk about Kong. You talk about Kong Skull Island sparks about how it uses color and and shot and, and shot composition like Brian and the Last Dragon too. Man, yes, every every tribe is distinct. They have their own look, and and every one of their like lands is unique. Like one's like like a fish market, and others like a barren wasteland. Like they're all they're all so unique. Uh, and all the people themselves are all unique too. Like I like I bought all the different all the different tribes people and like the villains yeah. and like their motivations and everything. I loved all the characters. Mm-hmm. Did anyone else get Fire Nation vibes from Fang? Yeah, probably. I mean, I got I got a lot of Avatar vibes overall, but that's just because of the yeah. type of movie it yes. is. When when we yeah. actually went to Fang, no, I didn't. Uh, the the actual location felt much more Wakandan to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, yeah. Than it did Fire Nation. Um, which isn't a knock. I just, I didn't think Fire Nation once we were there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I I really, really liked the pacing of the film. I thought they told the story very well. I, I thought that they got out a lot of exposition in the th- first 13 minutes without it feeling like they were weighing a lot of exposition at me. Yeah. Um, and I thought that worked really, really well. Like <clears throat> this, this had a great, like, uh, like prequel movie before like the movie, right? Like like the origin stuff. Um, yeah. Mulan had something similar, but I think this does such, in, such a better job in every way of like establishing who this person is, yeah. what the world is, and like what the what conflict is. Um, I I 
I did not remember what this movie was because I saw the trailer just when we watched it. I forgot that she grew up. So I asked him, I'm like, is she is she a child this whole movie? Am I thinking of a different movie? And then I realized, oh, this is the prequel where things go bad. Right, got it. Um, mm-hmm. I think that was all fantastic. Great, great lead up into what the world is. Also, yeah, I really love that stuff. No, one thing I actually really do appreciate about this movie is that they introduced Sisu very early on. Because mm-hmm. I had because the first trailers or the first set of trailers I saw, I mean, I knew we were going to meet Sisu eventually, but I thought that was gonna, probably going to be halfway through the movie. Like she's going on this grand quest to find the dragon, but it's in like the first 20, 25 minutes where we yeah. finally, where she finds the river's end. And I really it's like that. It's the, the last thing on her map. Like she's yeah. been on this entire journey. Uh, speaking of journey, guys, this would be the easiest game to develop into a video game. It's got a quest. You can do side quests. You just collect the gems. Like you have Tuk Tuk. You can upgrade all that stuff. Like this, they used oh. to make like video games for all of their movies. Like there's like Incredibles video games and like Finding Nemo games. Like we don't need those games. Give me a game for this baby. This is oh, so cool. This world I want to live in. I would love an action RPG of Ryan the Last Dragon. Imagine on Tuk Tuk. So imagine riding around on Tuk Tuk. Just imagine on Tuk Tuk when you get a uh, um you like uh Bond ship is like your hub or your safe point and you yeah. can like upgrade your characters but then you get Con baby you get um Ben oh, the character whose name I can't think of you got he's like the barbarian oh, Ryan the fighter huh Tong Tong thank you uh you get Con baby who's the thief and the rogue and yeah. oh you have, that could be such a cool RPG uh, Con baby, Con baby, legitimately might be like my favorite character of the year. I love that little baby and her and her little thieving monkeys. Uh, I love the sad story of why they're doing it, and you just get like a one quick explanation of like the hand thing it explains everything about like what happened to those characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the villains like themselves, like the the drone, they're called the drone. Yeah. Like you know, they're they're a faceless enemy. Like they are what they need to be. It's not about them. It's about the characters. But I, but I really like the design. Yeah, and and like the way that like every character goes into that that pose when they oh wait, it. and you see you see they're like the animation is so cool because I really like the design, but like when they pass over people, you see their soul leaves their body. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, cool. uh, I, I also think that they do a really great job of balancing a film that has no true villain, and you're not supposed to feel like it has a true villain. Like, yes, you can argue that um, the mom. Uh, no, uh, Namari uh is the antagonist yeah but uh it's not it's not really like you know the the film is very clear about you know really the villain is the drone yeah. and there, there is no greater villain than the drone i would it's... definitely say namari is a antagonist not the antagonist yeah. sick haircuts all around love that whole family and their and their cats big fan they were my yeah. favorite people's Captain very Marvel. modern script yeah yeah i actually really dug it because i remember i think it was Sparks who said he didn't really like the joke when uh, when Sisu Aquafina's character comes out and says, "Hey, you know that one kid who in a group project who doesn't really do stuff but turns it in? Yeah, that's me." That joke landed pretty well for me, even though I knew it was coming. I still liked it. I thought it was funny. Yeah. Uh, for for me, the biggest laugh came from the toot booms. Yeah, one hundred percent. The the oh my god. Booms. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah the, the again like all the creature designs like it's like it's it's so fun and like in original uh yeah i really uh, so love tuck tuck i really I got, love tuck tuck i love tuck tuck too uh my big problem with the movie and this is me this is just me i didn't find zizi funny i i mm-hmm. didn't this is just a personal thing i had a lot of the comedy just didn't work for me i still think the movie like is like super high up but like that's just the one thing where uh i just didn't really laugh a lot like it doesn't ruin the movie it's just like it's a very different type of comedy than the rest of the movie. And it just stands out to me. 
Um, and it's like that's it's gonna not age as well as the rest of the movie for me. Um, but again, it's not it's not uh, it doesn't ruin the movie. It's not like bad. Like it's like I'll, I would love to watch this movie again. It's not gonna ruin it the next time. It's just like it's the one thing that didn't didn't click with me like everything else did. Unfortunately, yeah. one percent. That's my one percent. Yeah. <laughs> no, I actually do agree. Sisu's comedy didn't always land. Um, the more of a comedy bits I, I, if I remember correctly, I laughed at more was like the physical comedy, like when a, a con baby was running with the gem and she like loses her diaper and then the the monkeys like put a brand new diaper back on her on baby or just when she's or when they're trying to do their plan and she's like just going through and then she stops she's like points at the 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 bowl of sweets and they and the monkeys go grab the sweets and she goes and just continues on i just thought okay that's some that's some good stuff great physical comedy it it would be it would be something i would complain about is that um Raya's character is so close-minded and to a point where I feel like it's obnoxious. Um, the reason I don't is because I understand what the, the story the movie wants to tell and I understand that this is this is made for a younger audience. I can enjoy it too, but it's made for a younger audience to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that they, they had to be overt with the, the message of what they're saying. But I think they do a pretty good job of, of walking that balance because it, it would normally irritate me that Raya is so focused on her personal mission that she doesn't even think to tell other people what she's doing in the purpose of, she never ever once says, I will, this will bring everybody back. Yeah. That's not her focus. Her goal is I will bring my father back. Yeah. Her goal isn't save all people. Her goal is save her dad. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's that very much drives her narrative of as she encounters these people who she sees they have lost the same way she has. She still doesn't think of, oh, I should do this for everyone, not just for me. And that would make them want to do it because she's so distrustful of others yeah. uh, that she doesn't even think of it that way. And I and I would argue that I feel like that's heavy handed, but I also understand that it kind of needs to be for what this movie's doing. Um, so that's definitely there, but it's not it's not in any way where I can like actually say like it hurts the movie. Or anything like that. I definitely thought about it a lot as I was watching it, but I'm like, no, it makes sense for the what they're doing. I get it. And I think that the moment where Sisu convinces her to give Namari the chance lands mm-hmm. uh, and and makes that whole bit up to that work. It definitely like the the, the part where I feel like that specific thing I'm bringing up is the most egregious is when they encounter Tong and she learns that literally all of Tong's people are stone. And they need Tong to give them the gem. And I'm like, yo, I think if you just told him what you're trying to do, he'd be like 100% take it because literally he's alone. Yeah. Um, But I think the movie excels at the emotional weight of moments like that. I think they do a great job with Tong's bit of trying to pretend that he's dangerous and malicious. uh, But I definitely have a plan. He's really just alone and sad. And and Mm -hmm. that really lands. I think all the moments where you uncover that they've all lost people really works Mm -hmm. uh and i think that while aquafina's comedy can be hit or miss depending on how you feel about it who you are i don't i don't land in the same i understand it but i don't land in the same category Mm -hmm. as ryan uh but i think when she's doing sincerity it works so super well it doesn't matter to me yeah um i really really like her casting for those moments i think she she nails the heart of the film frankly because she's the person conveying the wisdom of dragons, the wisdom of, of trust and emotion to Raya. Uh, so she becomes the heart of the movie. 
And I thought that worked really, really well. I also really like a lot of the small moments. It's a lot of the moments about uh, just them paying their respects to the people they lost. But one of my favorite scenes that just stood out to me was when they're traveling through where the dragons have all been turned to stone Mm -hmm. and they were running, but they have to stop and move slow. The bad guys. Yeah. Your, your, your bad guys in quotations are traveling through that area and they have such respect. Like this whole world isn't filled. It, It just shows in a scene where you're watching them without any of the protagonists around, uh, the people you even think are bad like they all have a, a certain respect for the history she, of the world she's the dragon she's still a dragon nerd at right. heart right and like mm-hmm. even passing through like this graveyard of like you're like oh my god all my heroes are dead yeah your saviors yeah like even though she might be doing some maybe bad stuff like thinking it's good like she still is a person Actually, who has to be love. i really really like that scene where yeah. uh, namari and her crew are going through and they slow down and you you go through yeah like the dragon graveyard all the stone to dragons and she looks back and she does the, the salute. I was like, I actually dig that because even though, because up to that point in the movie, I'm like, oh, Namara, you bitch. Because, you know, she betrayed Raya and she broke, then she helped break the stone she and everything. Betrayed her girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And here the you are. We all saw it. The vibes are there. Know. We all know. She does a hair flip in the first scene with her. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Funny enough, my roommate was the first to point that out when we were watching it. That's, yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's beside the point. But seeing her, because her goal isn't. Oh, man. Oh, man. It's that first smile when they're kids. Where I was like, mm, I see what's happening. But as I'm trying to say, she's not after world domination, essentially. She just wants to keep her people safe. And she recognizes what sacrifice the dragons made for them. So seeing that amount of respect. And of course, when she cries, when she first sees Sisu after she's about to um knock Raya out I was like oh this is this is a good turn this is where we're probably gonna see some redemption for her yeah that's that's a great moment of the the eye connection between them really really lands um that's actually one of my favorite things too even about Namari's mom why I don't even hate her that much is because her intention isn't to get the stone and hoard it they're like, no, we just need to get it and the dragon, and we need to make sure that everyone understands we save the world. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's it is a selfish narrative of like we need to come out on top so nobody distrusts us when we bring them back. But it's still we're going to bring them back. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. not a we're going to hoard it and we're not going to help. Uh, even they are running on the narrative of like we will put it together and we'll bring everybody back. We'll we'll do that part too. We just have to be the people to do it because then we can be the heroes. Post-apocalypse fantasy is not something you often see. That's pretty cool. No, yeah. that's good. One of the scenes I really, or one of the, so you, so you explore parts of, um, parts of the world. And one of my favorite parts is actually in the very beginning when they get to their first shard, the shard and tail. And you see the tail chief dead, kind of uh, like um, treasure planet style. Oh, where yeah. The, where the, the 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 famous pirate and his hoard of treasure, and, but you take the thing and congratulations, it's booby trapped and everyone's gonna die. Is it Treasure Planet or Treasure Island? Treasure Planet. Okay. I mean, yeah. I mean, same thing. It's the same thing, just in space. But yours in space, one isn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I really dug that scene where it's like an Indiana Indiana Jones style. Uh, what? How do I take this gem without the traps triggering? And I yeah. really like because you see, I really, I really love a lot of that. Like they switched to like Indiana Jones style adventure to Ocean's Eleven heist. Uh, mm-hmm. I really like all the all, all the things there. Yeah, but you see someone who did hoard it, 
and you you see what happens to the leaders who hoard it and mistreated it and then you see something that happens like the leader of fang who's like no we're using this power to save everyone i'm not trying to be like my my precious go away Right. And they, it does serve the character narrative, which I think they do really well to continue and immediately establish the idea that Sisu has absolute trust because the world she lived in, everybody had absolute trust. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and Raya knows better and traps come from lack of trust. Uh, and so Sisu doesn't even think of that. And, and that is the constant narrative that comes up is Sisu believes that trust is, is the key to their salvation uh and raya and her world is so disillusioned with that concept mm -hmm. uh i wanted to say that i really love uh the animation physics on display in this movie um i think the animation is incredible uh the water mechanics the hair mechanics the dust mechanics all working top notch yeah. some of the best i've seen the, 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 the water light, the light mechanics too yeah um, the, yeah the whole walking on air thing because mm -hmm. that's all just really light artifacts looks really good and like there's, there's like one like fireplace scene where i'm like i think that's just fire that <laughs> looks too real i cannot believe that somebody animated that it's right. too good uh same with the water there's one like like splash i think like when cesar falls into the water where it's like that just looks like a straight up like splash like i don't believe you animated that that's like from you guys are godly it's some good <laughs> shit uh, also, real quickly i just want to mention i love her sword yeah, oh my god, sword from Soul Calibur. Ivy Sword, yeah. So normally I, I hate so this is just a personal thing for me. I like my blades like either straight with an edge. I don't I'm not a huge fan of like the curvy swords. Mm -hmm. This is the one exception. Because yeah. that sword, because the way that you see the swords of the um the way Ba um or Chief Benjin or Benja, yeah. Her father. Benja, yeah, her dad. The way he fights with it and the way she uses it to traverse, and it's it's so cool. It is yeah. so rad. Uh, yeah, uh, Megan, when watching, she's like, that might be the coolest weapon I've seen in my entire life. And yeah, I'm yeah. like, it le legitimately, like, it might be, because it's a sword and it's a whip, and it also you can use for traversal, like, Indiana Jones. Like, mm -hmm. it's all encompassing. It's incredible. Yeah, it is yeah it's really it's really great. I think they do a great job with, with I... visualizing it and, and doing it. She uses um, Nightwing nunchucks at the be or night sticks at the beginning. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> I think, I think, like, again, like, the movie's narrative, you, you get pretty early on what it's doing, why it's doing it, where it's going. Um, but I think it does a really good job of, of not feeling forced with the way it constantly brings up the concept of unity is the way mm -hmm. unity is better. Unity is the way you're going to get through this with uh, the fact that the team that comes together is individuals coming from the different tribes, the different lands, um, the, the organic. moment where they're putting the meal together and once she adds her piece to it, Hearts. then the meal is perfect. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm like, you you really are doing it in a way where none of these concepts feel forced, but they are consistently present. Yeah. Yeah, I really love this one. Yeah, um, uh, I really hope this gets, like, we just had, like, the Disney Investor mm -hmm. meeting, like, everything gets a prequel or a sequel show or whatever. I'm like, I really hope... This show is is coming. I'm really something. I'm really glad we have a uh, Kelly Marie Tran is fantastic. Also, oh the voice acting is uh, so good. Gemma Chan is fantastic as Namari. Yeah, um, everyone everyone in the voice cast all all uh, non white voice cast, which is great except for Tuck Tuck, uh, which is Alan Tudyk. So well, you didn't have to pay him, but you did. I had no idea that was Alan Tudyk. 
Why? Because because same deal as Moana. Moana also has no white voice actors except for Alan Tudyk as Hey Hey. He's the exception. Uh, because Alan Tudyk must be in all modern Disney animated films. He is their lucky charm. He's but uh, it's in his contract. But when he it has to be non uh, all non white actors, he shows up as animals. <laughs> That's and, uh, and Moana, he's two characters. He's he's also a villager. Yeah, he is that yeah. one elder who's looking at him and calls him stupid. God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh oh, god. Yeah, he's. I love Alan Tudyk. Who doesn't love Alan? Oh, Tuck Tuck. Tuck Tuck's a yeah. great character. I, I have actually funny enough. I have all the recent Disney um, animals um, mascots. Tuck Tuck's my favorite. Tuck Tuck's really good. Like, the, the last two weeks, guys, like four like. With with the last movie we watched, and then Tuck Tuck with this, like I got I got two for two for the greatest animals ever made. Like, yeah. I mean, the reason why I like Tuck Tuck is because he's not small, compact, and super cute. Is because he's big and also he's adorable. He's a lap dog. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's not just a lap dog, but also he. I really like how he's kind of like a a living motorcycle or living. He's, also, he's also he's also rarely played for laughs. He's just mm-hmm. a present companion he feels truly yeah. like a companion and he's useful like yeah. a pet companion yeah yeah uh, but he's he's, uh, he's rarely ever used for a yeah. lap like as he, much as he I, only gets distracted like two or three times yeah. like as much as i love hey hey in moana he's just there for laughs and he i feel like hey hey is a burden on moana's journey where tuck tuck is like that's not only raya's one of her best friends who won't stab her on the back but also it's really cool to be going through the desert on this armadillo style motorcycle you know who it felt like it felt like oppa yeah oh, yeah. Sure, yeah. That's, that's a perfect comparison the uh the saddle on tuk tuk almost made it sound like it was like a horse travel too with like the clomping mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. nice little effect mm-hmm. yeah, i like this movie a whole lot yeah originally i was thinking of giving this movie just like an eight because i still really liked it but now after talking i think i just needed to talk to you guys about it now, the more I think about it and the more I see your points, this actually, it's good. The grade's bumping up for me. It is a fantastic movie. And All right, well, what, what did you give it? it. Uh, I was going to give it an eight, but I think you had me jumping up to uh, a nine. Nine. Ryan? I will agree with a nine. I think this is a fantastic new entry into Disney's uh, monopoly of franchises. Uh, this is one I would gladly see another entry in. Sparks? Yeah, I think the visual art style is incredible. I think the the world is super well realized. The characters all work. I think the pacing's great. Um, I really love the voice cast. It's it's very like yes, you could have you could have done more to nuance the story, um, but again, like I think it works for the audience it's intended for. And like when I compare it to other Disney fair, like this this works. This works just as well as as Moana and Zootopia do for their messages. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really, really enjoy it. Uh, a nine point five for me. This is the first princess movie that's not a musical. Yes, there was yes. a there was like one point where I thought it was about to break into a musical, and I was about to ask, "Is this a musical?" But then it didn't. So yes, yeah, I, mean, I, yeah. I was surprised this wasn't this, this wasn't a, a musical. Yeah, this is like a princess action film, and I'm for it. Yeah, I'm, she's an actual princess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they do. Call, they, they they call her princess. She's yeah. A, She's technically a princess who will kick your ass. In record Ralph three. I agree with Sparks nine point five. Woo! Good job, Disney. Yeah. Love uh, this movie. Oh, uh, brave. Oh, uh, brave Pixar. Yeah, but she still shows up and Ralph breaks the internet. So if that look, if that's the rule, okay. okay but I'll, I'll I didn't brave. consent to that rule. No, no. I will say brave is the exception, not the rule. 
Okay. Because sure. they even use the joke that she's from the other studio. Yeah, yeah. She is right. a Disney princess, but she's technically Pixar. Shall we get into our book club? Book sure. it up, Buttercup. Ryan, do the thing. What's up? I'm doing the thing. My name's Ryan. I love comic books. Uh, so we watched WandaVision, and there's a couple characters that are Young Avengers. So I wanted to continue the trend, continue the trend of reading some Young Avengers books. Uh, we read uh, Children's Crusade. Uh, a couple, who knows how long ago we read that? Either last year or three years ago. I don't know. So uh, I decided to to do the more pretty, modern. Pretty much when you got your nose ring. Yeah, so like 19 years ago. Cool. So I decided to do the more recent incarnation of the Young Avengers. It got a relaunch in 2015 with Jamie McKelvey on art and Kieran Gillen on words. Um, this was actually the first Young Avengers book that I read. I picked this number one up because I love Kieran Gillen. Uh, and Jamie McKelvey is a dope artist. Uh, he draws really pretty people. Um I think this book's really fun, you guys. I think it's just great, great characters. I think the art is not just uh, a great-looking comic, but the the framing and the panel work that Jamie McKelvey does is, like, next-level cool shit. It's not just your traditional, like, panel, panel. It's so many cool inner working things. Um, I think the story's really cool. It deals with, like, it deals with trauma in a really fun, weird way with intergalactic moms. Um, I think it's just, I think it's, a, I think it's a fun book. I think it's great. We read the first five issues of this run, which was the first trade. Yes, there are there are twelve issues. Uh, yeah, 15. the next seven are in the next hour. Uh, yeah, uh, I really enjoyed this. I read this after I finished the Heinberg run, so it was cool to bounce from one to the other because um, I had that that kind of um, what they were and and what they and what they are for some of the crossover characters. Uh, yeah, a lot of fun. Liked it a lot. Cool. Mm-hmm. I... Oh my god, I read Once in Future. That's Karen Gillen. There you go. I forgot yeah. to bring that up. That book rules. Yes, it does. No, I actually I remember seeing your tweet about reading uh, Die last week for mine, and then this week you were reading Once a Future. And I'm oh, like, oh yeah, shit. Kieran, Kieran Gillen. The thing is, like Kieran Gillen, I like, but I, he's never for me written something that I've like fallen in love with. Yeah. Um. And so, so like Die is good, and Wicked and Divine is good, but like I don't love them. I don't want to keep going. But yeah. like two two chapters into Once in Future, I was like, oh, more, please, all of this. Dan Moore. Uh, I remember you were loaning me Wicked and Divine. I think that's the one uh, Kieran Gillen property that it's definitely not my favorite. I I read that entire. I have all those issues, yeah. but I do love the Star. Not I for everyone, love, but that's also a hot book. I love his Star Wars run. Yeah, yeah. I love um, his Star Wars run. This would be the second time that I've fallen in love with his work. I really, I really like yeah. this. Uh, bringing it back to Young Avengers. Yeah, bringing it back to Young Avengers. I really enjoyed. Uh, I actually really liked how it was about Hulkling and Wiccan. It opens up with Kate Bishop and uh, Marvel Boy. Marvel Boy. Grant Morrison creation. That dude is just a walking uh, pop culture machine. Yeah, that's I just like a dude how... who was in space and watched a bunch of TV. I like He's how... in Guardians of the Galaxy. The yes. current run. Yep. I like how it opens up with them and then it goes to uh, Wicked, and, Wicked and Hulkling. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of just like go. I mean, it is called Young Adventures, but I felt like this is this is probably the arc that's focused on Wiccan and Hulkling. And then the next arc is going to be about something different. So, go ahead. I, go ahead. No, and also I kind of really dig Kid Loki. At first, I yeah. thought he was like, "Oh, great, he's going to be like an annoying." This, little sh- before we get to you, Sparks, like when when the Loki TV show 
there was a rumor that Kid Loki is going to show up. This is the comic that I'm thinking of. I'm like, oh my God, I love Kid Loki so much. If that if that's true and like Tom Hiddleston gets turned into a little kid, I would die for that. That'd be so great. Yeah. Um, this this was at a, an interesting time in Marvel with the Marvel Now initiative. Uh, and there, there were some books that were landing and some books that weren't mm-hmm. and some books that were stylistically doing some cool shit. And this is one of those that was stylistically doing some cool shit. Um, I, I also read the other part that's if you read the trade, there's another part included with this, which is the Marvel Now point one story so that's related I, to the young avengers it's it's just yeah. a, a prelude to this it's about america confronting loki uh before the events of this which is uh what she's referencing where she says that he wanted me to kill you mm-hmm. um uh that's that's really all but it's a good it's a nice lead into all of this um i i think this is a really fun and dynamic story i i love i really love seeing these characters come together this way um I love the way that they work in America Chavez and yeah. uh, and what they're dealing with. And Dude, she's Loki's just so a, cool. And right? Loki's a great character. And it has one one of my favorite pages uh, uh, for Young Avengers, which is where Loki's pulling Wiccan out of uh, where the box he's trapped in. Yeah. And multiple boxes mm-hmm. around the panel that they're traveling around to find Hulkling as well. Yeah. Uh, I think that's super great. Yeah. I, I love the art. Like every issue has like one like, like one truly stand up page where something really crazy is happening. Like it's going to be hard to see, but there's one page where it's like a detailed map of the entire fight between, yes. oh, yeah. between yeah. a bad guy and, and um, a Marvel boy. And, and it's, it's numbered and it's got his reactions. Yeah. It's moment. like one, yeah. two, three. And it's like every, one, every issue has some really intense, cool scene like that. And um, this is the first thing I, I read from Jamie McKelvey too. And it's like, this is a stellar team. They've made many books together. They did phonogram together. Um, I just think he draws such beautiful people. Like everybody looks so good in this book. Like it's just like everyone's a supermodel. And I generally don't like that in my comics when everyone's really hot. But like everyone's really cool. Like this is just like a, like a, like Abercrombie and Fitch the the comic book. Um, Wiccan and Hulkling. Like I like their shit. Where like uh, Wiccan's Wiccan's going through his own stuff. But then Teddy's like, hey my whole family's dead. Like you kind of got it good, my guy. And he's like, you know what? I'm so sorry. Let me fix that for you. Actually, what the whole arc's about me messing this up. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, Wiccan, Wiccan finally messes up as bad as his mom. Yeah. He, he, he finds uh, Teddy's dead mom in another uh, reality, but it turns out it's a like parasite monster. Oops. Yeah. That's why you don't do this kind of stuff, kids. But that's when you all learn. The, all the dead parents are coming back to life because oh, when they're near, uh, when they're near where they died. Yeah. Um, like America Chavez is like intergalactic space uh, lesbian moms show up and are like, America, we're disappointed in you. Put that god down right now. Like it's just so weird. Laufey shows up out of nowhere. Yeah. It's so fun. Like this is like, it's like a nonsense fun book where it's just like we're just having fun. Like it's not, it's not really, deep. it's not really. Serious. And you have the the Avengers being weird because of everything going on because they don't know so you got the whole sequence where like Thor and Cap are just hanging out in the foreground while shit's happening behind them. Oh yeah. yeah. What's going on? Nothing. Yeah <laughs> yeah yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, I wanted to say this was around the same time that Uncanny Avengers was coming out, and I was reading that book. So when I, so when uh, they show up, I was like, "Oh, right, I remember this team." Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Rogue's on that team. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, Havoc. Kate, man, Kate Bishop, like Kate Bishop and and America Chavez. Like, I forgot why I fell in love with them, and it's this book because Kate Bishop is just like she's a shooting dude, and she's like, "Oh my god, I love this. This is so much fun." And America <laughs> Chavez, um, she's a. Uh, Somebody says something, they're like, are you going to apologize? And she's like, no, I'm not. And she just jumps and she just runs away. And he's like, 
are we gonna deal with her she's like no well she's too powerful for us uh i think she's really cool and she's in the book very little but it makes her like really cool and mysterious i'm like i just want to know more about her oh, like um, i love the panel leading into when they're fighting laufey and it's like elsewhere getting closer it's just the blur of her trying yeah, yeah, yeah. and she crashes in it's like now here <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, two things. One, I love the scene in the nightclub where uh, Kid Loki is like, okay, who here have you read or watched Game of Thrones? Wiccan uh, and uh, Hulkling? Yes. America? Huh? He's like, okay, who's your favorite character? Both of them. Tyrion. I am Tyrion! You can trust me! Yeah, I, I love um, that line. Se- uh, hold up, hold yeah. up. Second thing, I love the language of the parasite parents. Mm-hmm. I love how they're they're kind of like helicopters slash doting parents who see it's kind of like those those type of parents you I, I don't know if this is correct but like those older sitcoms where you see like the really they're really protective parents and they see that one kid who they don't like just because they dressed him and he's like oh that's a that kid is a bad influence you should not hang out with that kid well and that's like, a bad egg yeah yeah mm-hmm, exactly where you see all these parents after they get infected with the parasite. They're like, "Oh, these are bad influences." We, we, it's like, "Oh, look at all these bad influences." I'm like, I can't. I really dig that language because that's kind of, it's like old. It's like older language that you don't really hear anymore. But it's also that type of, "Oh, shit's about to go down." It's not that old. My parents used to say that all the time about sparks. Your parents were old. <laughs> that's um, <laughs> I think uh, Marvel, Marvel Boy, has a lot of really funny lines. Um, he's the closest character I can describe him. He's not like this, but like like a, like an MCU Drax. He's a little detached from like regular like uh, comedy and stuff because he was raised in space and stuff. But um, he talks about Hawkeye and he's like he meets Kate Bishop. Like, oh, this wasn't the the first Hawkeye I met, uh, and he he just slept with Kate. But she was like, we didn't sleep together. The male Hawkeye and I. I just want you guys to just you know just know <laughs> yeah. That. And I think that's funny. And like he and he meets he meets Wiccan Hawkeye. He's like, come with me if you want to be awesome because he saw Terminator mm-hmm. once. Um, I just think that's a fun character. Uh, he's a character who shows up here and now because he's a Grant Morrison creation and he's just like a weird space boy who like people don't know what to do with unless you're a weird space guy like Karen Gillan. Oh, he's he's dating he's dating Hercules right now. Oh, Guardians! Yeah, man. Yeah. Oh, you guys should read the Guardians book. It's spicy. Um, yeah, I just think again this this the the volume's called Style Over Substance and like it's very much like I think this book has a lot of substance, but it oozes style. Uh, like I love it, and the very final in uh, the very final uh, uh, issue it ends like you have been reading a Marvel comic, and then yeah, blah blah yeah. blah. Like it's so cinematic, and every Karen Gillan book is like that. Um, he's he's so good with with his with his. Uh, I don't have uh, I don't remember what panel it is, but like in in one of the earlier issues where it takes the panel and then it it silhouettes it like credits. Yeah. Uh, but it's the exact same image silhouetted uh like credits, and then you move on into the story. Uh, there's fun stuff where like ev- again like like just playing with panel work where like they're literally in yeah. the comic page doing yeah. stuff like that. Like I I love that shit. Yeah, it's very style. I- it's very stylistic and cinematic in a way yeah having just read the young avengers by alan heinberg um i'll be honest i missed patriot and speed and yeah. Iron Man. um this is definitely oh and cassie cassie's dead at this point i didn't know that yeah uh yeah secret wars happens soon don't worry <laughs> yeah. so when i first started reading this because i i had other stuff to do in preparation for the show and also stuff i need to get done around the house i was glad this was a quick read However, once I got to the end of it, I'm like, damn it. I want to go. I, I want to read yeah, more. Through this. Yeah, it's brisk, yeah. it's brisk and fun. It is, it is a quick read, which I was, was, I was happy of because I want to get some other stuff done. But at the same time, I was like, I, I really want more of this. I really liked the, 
I really liked Wiccan. I, I think Wiccan and Hulkling, those are definitely the standouts. I mean, yes, the, the story, this arc revolves around them, but at the same time, I really, really like their 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 relationship. I got one more panel that I just think is gorgeous. It'll take one second to load. There. They're like, every issue has something like this. Yeah. Where mm-hmm. There's just so much shit happening, and I love it. Um, there's a scene where, where Wiccan's going to, like, shoot himself to fix all these problems. And he's, like, he's he's making the, the magic spell, like, I wish I was someone better right before he tries to kill himself. That's some mm-hmm. serious shit, and I love it. Um, yeah. That, like, it can go to these extremes of being super silly, but also, like, was- so threatening. That was after he gave Loki his powers, and Lo- it's revealed that Loki is actually not Kid Loki. He's possessed by his his future evil self. Yeah, um, God, that whole saga, the Kieran Gillen journey in the mystery, because Kieran Gillen wrote Journey in the Mystery before it got canceled. Um, that's where his Loki stuff started, and it transitioned into this. Like he's had like his own little Loki arc over like five years. That's just great. And and he and he's contemplating like I'm trying to figure out how to keep this power forever. And, like he's going to betray the Young Avengers, and then he's like, I got one. Oh, I'll help Wiccan. Yeah. Uh, he's like, he's like, he, firstly, he's Wiccan, like, I need your power so we can do this. But then there's like a second wave, like, oh, I actually need your powers. I'm not trying to trick you this time. And I'm like, it's what do you mean this Loki. time? It's classic Loki. I love it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't think, worry uh, about it. I'm joking. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not going to like make the next volume, like my next book club, but like, I'm probably just going to read this because it's only like six more issues or whatever. Um, I just, I miss these characters. No, I love it's, a, it's a little more than that. Sorry, 12 issues. Yeah, so, yeah. so seven issues. But I mean, it's, like, it's not a lot 15, more. 15. I thought it was 15 issues. 15? Yeah. Oh, sweet. That's yeah, a full three volumes. Oh, sweet, 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 sweet. You can, you can also, like, if you're a person who likes getting trades, uh, this is also available in a complete collection I, right now. I might buy that. That's sweet. Yeah, Um, I think, I think like, this, if you're going to make a Young Avengers thing, I love the Alan Heiberg stuff, but, like, I think this has so much style, and, like, the characters just, like, ooze, like, so much more personality, where I'm like, I want a, like, a youthful, like, young adult, like, this is the Young Avengers I would want, or I would want live action. Uh, they're all, they're all good, but, like, this is what I'm like. Ooh, it oozes style. I think. I, I think we're so much of COVID. If we're getting the Young Avengers, I think this is it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, so I, know we're still the, I know we're still in the age of COVID, and we can't have conventions until things are safe. But one of the things that really bums me out about not being able to go conv- to conventions is can't meet Karen Gillen. What? You can't meet Karen Gillen. No. It's oh. so I can't go and buy these trades. Yeah. I mean, I could, but I like going to. I mean, I'm a cheap bastard. I like going to cons because they're cheaper there. No, there's but, something special about about like like diving through like a huge a huge thing of comics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Can your yeah. can your comic shop order trades through Diamond? I, I haven't asked. Because you could do that. I'm Probably. pretty sure they can. It won't sure be like, well, the, Brandon. The reason why I like going to cons more is to go trade shopping. It's because they're cheaper there. I can find. I can get them at a discount. As much Some, as I love giving my comic store money, I also kind of need to save it. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes they're cheaper. Thank yeah. you, Mag. Thanks for stopping by. Night, well, Mag. Pull that up. Mag said, "Mag, where to go? Hello. Have a good night, everybody. Thank you, Thank Mag. You um, anything yeah. else you want to add, or if we think that's no, good? I'm, I'm, I'm glad you guys like this book. Um, yeah, this is my favorite version of these characters. Um, uh, if you guys have been watching our WandaVision review, you know how much I'm so excited that those characters are like, like half of the Young Avengers are now like with Case Bishop being in Hawkeye. Are like, yo, man, they're they're half of them are here now. It's only a matter of time before the rest show up. So it's cool beans, baby. I really hope the rumors of Patriot being in Falcon Winter Soldier. <sighs> oh, if that's true, if that's true, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna go crazy. All right, my turn next week. Sparks and I have decided to do to do a fun fun thing for you because a new movie is coming out guys monster time it's called godzilla versus kong so we're going to dive into the monsterverse this week with the first 
Monsterverse comic book tie-in Godzilla Awakening. Is there a colon in there? Yeah, Godzilla colon Awakening. Okay, I'm just making sure. Um, <laughs> colon Awakening. <laughs> <laughs> title of my sex date. <laughs> um, all right, anyway. Uh, this is written by the writers of Godzilla 14, the 2014 film. Um, it takes place after, uh, it takes place before that. So check it out next week. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, we made the mistake of reading Aftershock, and we should have read this one. Well, it's cool. Now we're going to read it before the, yeah, like, yeah. the movie, so yeah, it's yeah. even better. Um, and then Sparks will do Birth of Skull Island. Right on. That's yeah. true. Um, okay. And then, and so it's like three weeks until the movie comes out. Hot dog. Yeah. Woohoo. Um, next week, uh, we decided we're going to split our alien retrospective. We're going to look at all six alien films over two weeks, not one. So we're going to be doing Alien, Alien Covenant, and Prometheus next week. Yeah. We're we're not, we're doing like oh not release order but like chronological order maybe kind of yeah kind of in a way like starting Chron- with the, chronological doing the prequel movies first ending on Alien so we end on something good mm-hmm. yeah. yeah ending on Alien Resurrection I said on one of the eight weeks not both weeks <laughs> Alien the first Alien is pretty good. I'm excited to watch Alien Covenant again because people seem to have really turn around on that movie, but I'm not convinced. Neither am I. But I, I definitely, I definitely liked that movie more than most people. I liked uh, it more than Prometheus, that's for sure. But we'll see. I think there's a lot of. I, I do think there's some bad stuff about Covenant, but I think there's a lot more good than bad. Cool. So if you guys want, you can follow along with us. You can watch along with us. So watch Prometheus, Alien Covenant. An alien. Let us know what you think when you're watching the live stream or email us or whatever. Um, you guys can also find us if you're looking, if you're watching this, check out the rest of our channel. Make sure to like this video, make sure to subscribe to our channel, and check out our Fake Nerds Watch series, which are just set. We talked about it before. We just finished WandaVision. New episode going up there. This last episode of WandaVision, and then we're gone until Falcon Winter Soldier, so like two weeks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, so you can check all those out, plus our other shows if you want to watch those. Um, we also have Basement Arcade, which he's wearing the shirt of. Yes, nice. I am. Thank God he was wearing pants. <laughs> I got scared for a second. All right, and you can check out Basement Arcade Pause Menu, uh, which are our freshman show. Um, we also have a Fake Nerd Book Club. You can check out all of the books that we've been talking about. We we are going to finish The Little Char and the Gang. That's our that's our latest. Um, we'll cho- choose a new new one. There's two little Char and the Gangs up now, and also The Pride. We've caught up to The Pride Season 1 for you audio listeners. Um, check out all of those. <laughs> I don't care what Biden says. Wear your mask. That doesn't make sense because he's talking about wearing masks. I meant I don't care what he says about it ending soon. Got it. I was going to say you can mention the governor of Texas because he lifted everything up. We're not in Texas. And Mississippi. Battle. If you're in Texas, want to buy one of our masks? Go to Crafted by Z on, this, <laughs> on the Instagram and check out the links in the description to buy some of our our masks, our Fake Nerd Podcast masks. Still got fabric for that. Um, pandemic ends will probably just end up doing something different with the fabric. Turn them into Speedos. How'd you know? I'm, I'm I was going to say... Gonna say, gonna say I'm, could... only, I'm only a psychic for really dumb things. <laughs> I was going to say you could turn them into... If you have enough, you could turn them into a button-up shirt. I wear that. It yeah, would be you... for me, Ben. Hmm? It would be for me. Oh. All right. Anyway, we also have our Patreon, which you can check out on, on the description below. Um, this last month to get that shirt, guys. $10 tier. Check out the links in the description. Get it. Uh, 
Of course, we have our T Public, which we've been talking about all day because Ben is wearing the shirt for Basement Arcade. You can check out all sorts of new shirt designs at uh, at, at, at the link in the description um, on our T Public page. I just bought the uh, I'd rather be a fake nerd than a true fan shirt. Mm-hmm. And you can check out our website at www.fakenerdpodcast.com where you can find all these links that I've said and more. Excuse me. Check out that linked below. Thank you to everyone who listens and watches. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you to Jeremy Vellucci. He's been working hard on the next episode of Suburban Proctologist. Um, you can find his show on facebook.com slash suburban proctologist official and Instagram at subproc podcast. Uh, of course, iTunes um, and him personally at Jeremy Bellucci keyboards. And thank you to Mike Matola. Does our logo. Good friend, Mike Matola. Find him at Mike Matola on Instagram and Twitter. You can find us at fake nerd podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Fake nerd guys at gmail.com. I am at BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter. Ben, you can find me continuing to be nostalgic bitch and playing my game and watch Super Mario Bros. console at BenMagnet27 on Instagram and Twitter. Also, I write for OldSchoolGamerMagazine.com. My article, my newest article is the one about the Game Boy Advance that is up right now on the website. I'm going to make sure a new one comes up this week, and hopefully I'll have some news about other stuff coming from, from that. So there you go. If you like old school video games, check out OldSchoolGamerMagazine.com. Sparks. Uh, you can find me most likely rewatching Ryan the Last Dragon some point in the very near future at Sparks Witty on Instagram, Twitter, S P A R K Z Witty. Ryan. DJ Tony Stark everywhere. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music and Podcast, and Pandora. Rate and review wherever you get us. We greatly appreciate it. Until next time, see us. Soundtrack. Stay back there.